Good to have you back on this Friday. Braves and Brewers coming up later tonight. NIL continues uh, to be in the news bin around college athletics. As uh, we mentioned yesterday, Greg Sankey going to Congress uh, to talk about rules and guidelines for uh, for NIL. Meanwhile, we you know see reports from on the On3 network and others saying, like, hey, we could have retroactive uh, guidelines. Well, I don't know how you possibly do that uh, with you know, to see whether boosters were involved in setting up deals. Uh, but you have the collectives, which, Ben, we talk about on the show, that have been set up in a number of states uh, which are not affiliated with the school, even though they carry kind of that identity, uh, setting up and helping negotiate uh, deals for athletes to, uh, to to receive money. And now you have states like Tennessee, Illinois might be doing it. I think South Carolina is doing it, where they are removing the rules, prohibiting schools from getting involved. And you go, well, what does that mean? Well, in Tennessee, the school, according to the law now, the school can set up a name, image, likeness deal for its student athletes. And that's kind of what been, you weren't talking about that directly yesterday, but you were saying, hey, there needs to be some oversight as to, and don't think the schools won't be taking control of that, right? I mean, hey, you're on scholarship here. Why don't we will help you facilitate, but we're going to know what you're doing. It's not going to be third party doing this and that, and we don't know who the third party is. We know who we are. We Obviously, schools have existing marketing relationships uh, in in their day-to-day business, Ben, but Tennessee and other states have removed that rule, uh, allowing schools to do that. Also, looking at ways to find out if people are brokering NIL deals with players before they're even signed, i.e. Jordan Addison mm-hmm. we talked about yesterday. Is yeah. Jordan Addison hanging out at Boston College? Meanwhile, he's got... Folks, maybe a booster uh, out in Southern California working at NIL deals. Say, hey, as soon as this thing is done, this is you, and then you transfer and you're good. Well, that's called tampering, and nobody nobody wants that. So, how do you? Again, I feel like we're operating in the wild west here. How do you go back and say, well, there were no rules, there were loose rules at that if there were, and now we're going to go back and you're going to be in trouble for something that wasn't being enforced. When it happened, I, I, I don't know how that is going to work, but what do you think about Tennessee? I think Illinois is going to do it. South Carolina apparently is going to do it to now allow schools, i.e. Tennessee, Vanderbilt. And I, I just use those two. I mean, mm-hmm. East Tennessee State, UT Chattanooga, whatever. Austin P. Yeah, Memphis, all, whatever. Yeah. yeah. They can now broker deals for their student athletes. I do not like it. And, and, this, and this is why I do not like it, Kevin. Anytime, right, a set school it's cool. They already they already have so much control over the student athletes already. The one thing they control is their time. Now, now, now it's kind of like going back to the transfer portal, like how it used to be. But is that better than who knows negotiating a deal for an eighteen to twenty two year old? Well, I will say this: if 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 Agent X is setting up something for you know, uh, you know this this player, male male or female. You can have you can have something on campus where you're saying, look, before you can broker this, like before this can go into, you know, before you can actually do these things, we have to see it. How do I? And the reason why I say it is this: when I came out <clears throat> for the draft, they had the compliance office, uh, Mike Speak, you know, uh, you know Ashley and company. We upstairs, me, my mom, Speak, Ashley, and we and my agent. It was three different agents came in there. What happens is they know that while I need an agent, I don't know the process. I don't know what questions to ask. 
So every time I'm asking basic things, what is Speed and Ashley doing? They asking the real questions. All right, how are you going to really help him? All right, what about the expense? Like they're going through things that had I been in there with that agent by myself, he he or she could have manipulated me and my mom because they know it's like I need something. Take NIL. Okay, you want an NIL deal. Right now, you have no money, no responsibilities, no taxes, no nothing. You about to venture into a world, you're going to have to do all that. you 18, you 19. So I could have a, a – think about this, Kevin. If if you're trying to set up NIL deals, I, mean, I would love to be able to work with the, with the school because that way y'all seeing my face, y'all knowing I'm on the up and up. Because what will happen is if I'm on the up and up but said agent over here is not, you're going to group me with them. No, no, I'm not doing what they're doing. Why do I say that? Joe Siegel, and I'm not calling him out like he's not a good agent. They, would, they wouldn't let him deal with me. Like, Joe Siegel was not able to talk to me as one of the three agents that came in. And I had a bunch of agents. I've, so I think what happens with NIL is when, when teams, when, when quote, schools start doing things, people that had nothing to do with it are at the table. They'll go to president. They'll go to dean of students. Like, and it's supposed to be athletic stuff, right? So, wait a minute. All of a sudden, y'all coming over here. So now the student part go, comes this big, and the, and the athlete comes that big. Because at the end of the day, I do think you do need an umbrella. You do need, like, some type of legislation. I am not saying that. But, Kevin, think about this. The University of Georgia, University of Florida, right? They're going to do what's in the best interest of that UF before anything. So they say, all right, we want to negotiate it. How fast does it become... You think Florida can get a little some of that? What? Because they know how to. Because now we're well, talking I about mean, people. And, and mind you, it might not happen this way. And I, I just think that if a quote Billy Napier is going to work with Gators Collective, say, all right, you guys are doing it, and we're going to be helping too. All right. Does that mean their money's going up? Or does that mean, well, sorry, Gators Collective. We kind of already got them over here doing something. They don't really got a lot of time. Because make no mistake about these these. These uh, colleges and universities, man, they're trying to control these players' access as much as they possibly can. And I and I, I don't think – listen, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. But just yesterday, Kevin, I mean, Sankey and company, they just speaking to Congress today. You got retroactive. It's like stuff comes out by the day and you're trying to keep up with it because if Illinois and South Carolina and Tennessee can do this, you think these other, what, 47 seconds, man, we can't let them lead the way. So I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying – for a ruleless thing to be talking about retroactive, now the schools can do well, it, it's hard to keep it's up. Fu- it's funny you say that because that's kind of how it got rolled out, right? When it, when it first happened, it was, hey, South Carolina says in two years their collegiate athletes will be able to get endorsement deals. Name, image, likeness. For what? Well, they play football. Maybe they want to go sign a few autographs. Maybe we have a player popular enough. They can get a local establishment, dealership, store, whatever. To throw them some dollars for an appearance fee, what have you. How long did that take? A week? Mm-hmm. And we saw states come out and say, we we're going to have ours next year. Yeah. Not two years. We're going to do it next year. Yeah. Then you had states after that go, six months. June 1st, we're good. Yeah. July 1st. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, everybody bumped it up, and it was off and running. Because I, I remember we were asking these questions of, well, who's involved? Can the school be involved? Oh, no, the school can't be involved. Are they allowed to wear? Because they most of them are known because they are at said school. Nope, can't, it's got to be them. Can't, yep. wear school, yep. can't wear school paraphernalia. Okay. That was like a year or two, not even two years ago. And now it's the school can broker a deal for you in certain states. 
I, I, again, I, I think it is just, it has come at us fast. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people are sitting back here going, okay, it's not a, it's one of those things been where people go, oh, you don't want athletes to get paid? No, I have no problem with that. I've always thought that was one of those things where if you can legitimately earn money based on who you were and what you were doing, I have no problem with that. Why? Because, I mean, anybody could do that that went to school there. Or, you know, unlike me, I could go get a job, you know, for 20 hours a week. Most student-athletes, that's not possible in season anyway because they're working out, they're practicing, travel schedule, school, class, all that. You know what I mean? Uh, So it's gone from that to just wide open. Yes. Uh, And can a booster who owns a business go to a – I mean, because now our high school kids, prospective NIL guys, what if it's Brock Ewers? Brock Ewers left – High school, Early. so he could sign a deal. Yes. Signed a deal, never played, and now is at another school. Yes. Uh, so I, I think now you look at it and people go, well, well, maybe we can't do it while they're in high school. Well, what if I, as Joe Citizen, went over to Arch Manning and said, hey, Arch, let me, let me holler at you and, uh, and Cooper real quick. All right, Dad. Uh-huh. Listen, I went to, I know you went to Ole Miss. Your brother went to Ole Miss. Your dad went to Ole Miss. You know, I'm not on the team. I'm not affiliated with the team. I just love the school. We'd love for you to go to Ole Miss. How about I've already got ten grand a month set up for Arch right now as soon as he goes to, to Ole Miss? Two years ago, we called that cheating. Right? We called that booster involvement. Now, there's people saying Jordan Addison it stayed at Boston College long enough to get that done. He's at Boston College, getting NILs done. I'm out in the transfer portal, and we'll see if he actually goes. But, I mean, that is the accusation that's out there. And yeah. I think that is the part that somebody's going, somebody has to raise their hand and, and legislate this thing. And now I, I, I understand your kind of step back from my, I don't want the schools involved because I do think that's the slippery slope of, well, it's do you have the kids' it, 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 best it, it, interest involved or do you have the school's well, it's, best? It's slippery and, no matter what. And, and as you said, how long before the school looks at it and goes, well, I mean, Joe Public, I'm going to explain this, but like, you know, Steve Jones over here is our starting running back. I got we, the athletic department, got him a great NIL deal. He's making two grand a week. I mean, Steve, since we set that up for you, we're just going to take our 4%, our 5% administrative fee because we set that up for you. And as you said, then it becomes... Are we bringing in money through other revenues, i.e., don't really, ma- don't really matter who it is. We're just going to facilitate these deals to bring money in for ourselves and not necessarily work a great deal for these student-athletes. I think that is a concern. Yeah, uh, I do feel like the team should at least have some clue of what's going on mm-hmm. because, as we've seen in recruiting, throughout the ages of McDonald's bags and, and all of that kind of stuff, the easiest thing for the coach to say is, throw my hands up. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Well, the same thing. Hey, you got a booster giving out job. I mean, I didn't really talk to him about yeah, his NIL I mean, deal. I, mean, I knew he had one because mm-hmm. he said, Coach, I got a, I, I got an NIL deal. So, you know, and, uh, and I'm like, okay. But I, I, I didn't know who it was or that it was a booster that gave it. You know, so it's like I, I just think that right now there's no regulation of no, it at all. No. Uh, and nobody is, I mean, I say playing by the rules. I mean, what rules? And so I don't know. Uh, what's going to happen with all this? I do get a little nervous when 
you know, you have meetings with Congress and you're seeing Ross Dellinger and company put out stuff that's like, hey, we could see trying to keep boosters out of this thing from making like sham NIL deals. I mean, it's basically pay for play, pay for play. And we're going to do that retroactively. Well, how uh-huh. do you start going back retroactively yeah. for stuff that you weren't enforcing? So yeah. uh, to me, interesting to see how this plays out. And I, I still think somebody's got to be grown up enough to say something and say, as a collective NCAA body, we cannot have 50 different sets of rules for this thing. I.e., people in Hawaii can do it this way. Alabama can do it that way. Georgia can do it that way. Kentucky can do it that way. Illinois can do it that way. And so on. So, like, how do you operate in a system like that where there's just 50 sets of rules for this entire group trying to, to play college athletics? To me, that's very, very tough. It is going to be tough, Kevin, but I, it's, it's like this. It's like if, if somebody gets in trouble with PEDs, right, in the NFL, right, everybody hasn't gotten in trouble, but athletes, former athletes, fans, you know, oh, man, he only got six or we only got eight. Oh, they're saying who was it, what team, how does it affect the team. But you know, like most of us have never taken performance enhancement drugs, but we know that it's banned. When it comes to NIL, people go, oh, but they don't know what they're on for. Like they don't know why they're doing it. Oh, man, he did what? He can't do that. Well, can he? I think you 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 got to get an ironclad of this, this is this is what it is. Like, okay, we got five to ten, boom, right here. Now, from that, we we expound on it a little bit, right? Because if not, what if I get a deal negotiated for me in quote Tennessee, Illinois, or South Carolina, then I transfer. But the school set it up. Does the school I go to get the get the monitor now? Because you're gonna have to get this done, Kevin. Because what it is is the craziest. But again, is- can you? But again, this is a thing. You can't. Can you set up a contract? If I'm, then let's say I was. I'm Florida. And I'm setting up an NIL deal for you. If if I set up a deal, am I allowed to set up a deal for you that says if you are not at Florida, you're not getting it. I.e., paying you to pl- paying for play, right? Is that an endorsement deal or is that a – because an endorsement deal should be like, we want Ben. It doesn't matter if Ben's over there, Ben's over there, Ben's over there. We want Ben. If I put a contingency on you that's like, if you're not at Florida, Ben, you don't get it. What is that? That's a that's pay for play. Yeah. That's either you're here or you ain't getting it. Yeah. I mean, that that's that, – it, 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 it's, going, it's, going it's going to be hard because, like you mentioned, the thing about the pros is, like, you, we own your rights. Like, you are on set team. Now, anything you negotiate outside of the team doesn't affect the team. Now is you play for Pitt. All right, you got this. This is predicated on you being in this general vicinity, right? You got sure. Pitt Bagels Company, whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. All of a sudden, you want to get in the transfer portal, right? We got all these things set up for you, but you're not going to be here. Now, can we – because because it's the thing, Kevin, as you mentioned. I'm not talking about the school I went to, right? And now the school is giving me my platform, but I'm not. I no, I'm saying, but I'm saying, I'm saying, but if the business says that, hey, it's contingent upon you actually being in and around, that's one thing. But can the school make a deal for you that says you, unless you're here, you don't get it, and, or should and, they work and, a deal for you? Period. That's crazy. And now we now we're getting into the part of contracts that those fine prints and say, sure. look, <laughs> am I negotiating? Listen, if if it's off my name. It says my name and image likeness, not the name of the school I'm at. Because I can't even. That's a good point, Kevin. Because if you do that, because like you said, you're going as soon as Florida say, you know, AR-15, 
We're negotiating this for you as long as you're here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because when I got the deal over here, I, yes, people know I'm AR-15 of the Florida Gators, but I'm not saying Florida Gators over there. So yeah. I do think that these, that's what I mean, these bigger than the, free, listen, bigger than the NIL people, bigger than the boosters, and the, these colleges need to know what they cannot do. Because if you don't say it, they gonna take whoa, 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 y'all didn't tell us we couldn't. So I think <laughs> no, that I mean Kevin, it's I a- think that un- understanding the negotiation parts of what can and can't be in that like quote the language of the contract that needs to be specified too. Because like I said, people, when you start talking dollars, now you in the real world. Perception is out the window. We are talking Uncle Sam. We are talking litigation. We are talking violating contracts. Make sure that I want the money. Yeah, but do you want what comes with it? Make sure these colleges and universities know what they can and cannot do. Make sure we get some type of ironclad rules when it comes to the NIL. Because until then, Kevin, something came out yesterday. Something came out today. Something going to keep coming out every day. Sure. Oh, oh, in Hawaii, they can do. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's so we do, need to, we do need to get down to the bottom. And, of again, thing. we'll see what happens moving forward as this thing. And, and it seems like there's a lot of questions, not a lot of answers from people involved in this discussion. We got more to come here. 912-342-7184. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Leave us a comment, Facebook and uh, YouTube as well. This is 3 and Out. Good to have you here 3 and Out on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Trooper here from Matt Smith, southernpigskin.com. We are closer to the start of college football than we are the end of last season. So, Get fired up. Uh, I think it's, what, 113 days now till the opening kickoff of, uh, of college football. So it is going to be here before you know it. But, Ben, I want to uh, switch gears. We'll, we'll talk with Matt Smith about that coming up next hour. And just from an athletic standpoint, you start looking around. I know we talk about a lot of special athletes. And you look at a guy like Shohei Otani, and people have compared him to Babe Ruth. And they are doing things that other baseball players did not do. Uh, obviously, Babe Ruth played in a much different era than Shohei Otani. I've seen people saying, man, Shohei Otani would whip Babe Ruth up and down the block. Well, Babe Ruth also didn't have a fitness gym that was open 24-7 to go work to, right? Babe Ruth got done playing baseball, and he went and pounded beer and hot dogs, you know, and smoked cigars. Athletes today have gyms in the locker room. You think Babe Ruth got done with a game as the Yankees and walked in and was like, hey, I'm going to press out 225 a little bit today. No. He didn't. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Ben, when you look at a guy like Shohei Otani, <clears throat> super athlete, mm-hmm. there's not anybody really like him in sports right now. S- seven innings pitched yesterday, no runs, 11 strikeouts against the Yankees, against the Red Sox, excuse me. Oh, by the way, he batted third. It wasn't like, oh, Shohei's in there. He's bat- he batted third, went two for four with an RBI, obviously could hit for power. And he's elite at two different spots. Obviously in the running for an MVP, but this is a guy that is going to have a very nice ERA. Is he the best pitcher in the league? I don't know, but he's up there. Is he the best hitter in the league? I don't know. You could probably make an argument some other guys, but he's going to be up there in terms of home runs, RBI production. I mean, Ben, how difficult is it to be elite in more than one spot? In a sport. I mean, I, I was talking to you. I think I really look at what Shohei O'Donnell is doing, and I accompanied this. It would be like Jalen Ramsey for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Lockdown corner. People say best in the league, right? The team, team they're playing, Jalen Ramsey locks down. They punt. Jalen Ramsey comes back out on the field and plays quarterback for the Rams. 
And when he does play quarterback, he's top three quarterback in the National Football League. So he's number one, top two or three corner, top two or three corner uh, quarterback. Who does that? That's what Shohei, I mean, there's a reason we haven't seen anybody do this since 1918 in, in Babe Ruth. Pitching, elite. Hitting, elite. I mean, how difficult is, is that? Because, again, it's two completely different disciplines, and nobody in the sport presently is doing that. We've seen guys try to pitch and play in the field, usually not on the same day, and usually they're not as good at one. They're like a reliever or something like that. And we've seen a few guys. Micah Owings is a guy that comes to mind. Pitcher for the Diamondbacks, played some in the field, hit a little bit. Adam Wainwright, decent little hitter. Obviously, very good pitcher. But not an elite no, hitter. No. Doesn't do it every day. No. Michelle Otani's doing this every day. Yeah. Pitching every fifth day, hitting, playing yeah. DH. I, I, I don't know that we've ever seen anything like that because you and I, we were talking before. Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, uh, Brian Jordan played for the Falcons, played for the Braves, played for the Cardinals. Those are two different sports yeah. that they were good at, not excelling in two different spots inside yeah. the same sport. Yeah. How freakish. Do you, do you see a guy like Shohei Otani go, man, that just doesn't even make sense? He, he's in the class all by himself, and that's taking nothing away from Bo Jackson, right? Bo Jackson was a great athlete, right, that translated to both football and baseball. Deion Sanders was a great athlete, translated to football and both basketball. Baseball. Baseball, I'm yeah. sorry. When you think about Shohei, he is dominating at both defense and, and offense. Like, he's dominating. And, Kevin, this is the thing. We don't appreciate Shohei because he's played for the freaking Angels. <laughs> well, right? right? If he played for a team like the Braves, like the Dodgers, that's going to make the playoffs. Because the problem is, right, I look at two different baseball fans. Well, the Angels casual, are off to a good start, but, yeah, you're right. You got, they you are not projected to do it. You got a casual it. baseball fan. Everybody watches the playoffs. Why? Because that's the best baseball you're going to see, right? If Shohei is under the light, everybody's watching. Right? You don't, you don't think they reward elite on both sides of the ball? I give you, listen, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson went to Michigan. He, played, he dominated at the corner position, but he was the lead at receiver, Juan Heisman. Hasn't been a defensive player since. Chris Gamble, that went to Ohio State. He played both cornerback and, uh, and, uh, and receiver for Ohio State, was on that 2002 Ohio State team that actually beat Miami. What I'm, but the thing about it, as great as they were, they can't touch you. They can't touch your time. They can't touch him. Did they beat Miami, brother? But I think the thing about Otani, Kevin, is we don't appreciate him. He's so good that we think that's natural. That's unnatural, right? The reason why we are, like, as great as, as great as Calvin Johnson was, he just played receiver. Now, he was one of the greatest. As great as Barry Sanders was, he just played running back, right? As great as Joe Montana is, the Tom Brady is, they only play the position they've only they played their whole life. If Otani just pitched, if he just pitched, he's one of the best pitchers in the league. But guess what? He's still one of the best, and I do more to pitch. If he just hit, I'm one of the best hitters in the league. But I, I do more than just it, meaning put me with the best stuff in what I do, and I'm still in the top five, top ten. That's the crazy part. Like, And I just happen to play with the best player in baseball on my freaking team. Well, I mean, he could be making a case that he's moving his and, way and up. I, and I, I will say this. You're right. Mike, listen, Mike Trout for years is definitely, one, if not the best, definitely one of the faces. And Mike Trout had to pitch, and he can do it all. He can't do that. And, Otani, it's true. and when Otani pitches, it's almost like the batters are going, oh, like, Batters are, listen, whoever's facing the Angels going, oh, my God. It's, oh my. it's almost like, dude, 12 strikeouts in seven innings. Yeah, just, that's just a day's work. 11 strikeouts. Yeah. So I think the thing about it is, Kevin, we ain't really appreciating what he's doing because when somebody says, hey, man, 
I'm looking for I'm looking for next Mike Trout. You you probably can find him. I'm looking I'm looking listen, I'm looking for the next Clayton Kershaw. You you might be finding. You're not looking for, you're not gonna find next Atani. Yeah. You're not finding that. That is there's rare and there's a tiny. Like to yeah, me. Yeah, there's been one other guy that's even come close to doing that. And he's been dead a long, long time. But uh, and again, I think in today's climate, Ben, and I, you see this, the fact that the Angels are letting him do that is amazing in and of itself. Because I, I, we've seen guys who wanted to try it or have attempted to try it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, there's been guys that can do both, um, but they get discouraged from doing it. Why? Because, hey, we really want you to focus on pitching, quit worrying about the hitting. Or, hey, you're, you're a hitter, man. Like, we don't need you to pitch. We, I, I just, I, I'm looking at a, a, a guy now that he's being allowed to do it. He's excelling at both, uh, and he's really doing well. And, again, I think if I'm baseball, I'm all over this guy, right? I mean, this is something you haven't seen in your sport for 100 years. He became the first guy at Fenway to pitch and hit in the top four spots of the lineup since Babe Ruth. Nobody's done that in 100 years. It was 1918, I think they said. But he's doing things that you just don't see. And if I'm baseball, man, I'm like, dude, Shohei Otani can't get me enough of that. Uh, and I, I hope well, well, they're in it come well, September. And again, again, I don't want to say you rig the player, but I mean, basically baseball, oh, you, you, like, well, you, you, like, you definitely want to be in. You want the Angels to be like, we got Mike Trout, but, we got Otani. Like, this is a showcase of all showcases if you could do that. But, yeah, I mean, he is clearly one of the best players in the league and doing something that nobody's done. Like, you could talk about, oh, Tom Brady does stuff nobody does. And if, uh, this dude literally, for a sport that's been around 120, 30 years, there's been like two guys do what he's doing. Well, two. I mean, and, and, I mean it's and, amazing. And the thing about it, and the thing about it is, okay, think, think about this for a second. You, you listen. You and me, we watch baseball for a long time. We, we haven't seen it all, but we, we, we've seen it all. I, Shohei, I didn't, I did not get to see Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Shohei comes up, right? And you say to yourself, if you're, if you're a scout for the Angels, and you say to yourself, my freaking boss is not. They're not gonna believe this. Like I said, what do you mean? Well, when I walked in, man, he was doing batting practice. And I'm like, what? Bam! Well, I mean, I know he really did. He had the hype coming from from overseas. But look, I I've never seen anything like that. Where he's he's by look. Well, you excel at both. And this is no disrespect, right? The goat conversation in the in the NFL quarterback it's over, people. I don't care how you feel. (laughs) We got to go. Sorry, Otani goat working there three and out. Good to have you back here. Hour two ran a little long there. In our number one, we got fired up talking about Shohei. So uh, what can we say? But uh, good to have you back here. Hour two, Matt Smith, SouthernPigskin.com will join us coming up in just a uh, couple of moments. Uh, He will join us. We'll talk some college football with him as we are now closer to the start of college football than we are away from the end, closer to the end of the last college football season. So the countdown is on to that opening kickoff. He'll join us coming up in just a little bit. But first, Ben, let's take three. You're on three and out. All right, take one. The Braves are wearing their throwbacks this weekend in honor of Hank Aaron. What are your favorite Braves uniforms? Ooh, man. I listen, I do like the Braves when they wear like the like the dark blues, like the dark the, I call them the bluish black cuz it's like the darkest sure, blue. Yeah. There is. is. Is the Hank Aaron's the one kind of like with the Georgia Power on the sleeves? Is that the, the Hank Aaron's? They, the, uh, they got the uh, the feather on the sleeve and the, the little lowercase a. Oh, now I I do like the Georgia. Like, I think they got the ones that got like, like the Georgia Power symbol on the sleeve or something like that. I could be wrong. Oh, you're talking about the little, it looks like a gas flame. It like it's a not, gas it's, it's a feather. <laughs> it's a feather. Oh, okay. Well, all, all these years here, right? I'm thinking it's a Georgia Power. <laughs> 
For Georgia Power Inquiries, contact Vince. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I no, it's a fact. Hey, man, I ain't know what it was. All, all these years, I'm like, is that a Georgia? <laughs> so, so, so all this That's time, great. people, you know, you know, uh, you know, Georgia I mean, Power. Hey, hey, it would make sense. I mean, hey, but uh, no, Georgia I, I, Power uniforms I, I, hitting home I, runs. And <laughs> and if they do come out with one, we're gonna need some of them proceeds giving y'all. <laughs> but no, uh, I always like the dark blues. I know, I know you had your favorites, Kevin. But I, I just think that the Braves have a very distinct blue. Because if you just turn on the tube and you just look, you're like, Braves got a black. No, that's how dark the blue. Like it's about as dark as dark. It's like midnight yeah. black mixed with blue. I, I, I kind of like that. And obviously, I like the reds too, but. You know, I, I'm always going to go with them dark Yeah, I, 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 the red uh, Sunday jerseys they wear a lot are my second favorite, but I like the ones they're wearing this weekend. Lowercase a, the blue with the white, the Georgia Power slash feather <laughs> on the sleeve. No, because, and, again, and I guarantee you would have said that on national TV. Like, yeah, you talking about the Georgia Power thing yeah. on the side. What? What would it? <laughs> like, well, we're sponsored by the Natural Gas Company. So that... Either way, no. Uh, well, they will be having logo. I don't know if the Braves are, but they can you know, have logos on the uniforms, I think, coming up here. Relatively soon, but no, those are the ones they're wearing this weekend are my my favorite. When I was a kid in the eighties, they wore all every. Of course, powder blue was like the rage. Everybody had power powder blues. I think except like the Yankees and Red Sox. Everybody else, you know, would figure out a way to incorporate powder blue uh, into their uniform. But uh, no, I, I think these are my favorite. I like the Reds too. The Sunday Reds. Uh-huh. I used to not. Really care for them because that's just not what the Braves ever did. But the more uh, they were, I'm like, yeah, I really do like this. And I, and I will so, say this: I mean, the the, uh, the the different colors that they accent them with, like Ronald Acuna, those guys wearing like the like the yellowish looking glove. That stuff, that stuff, yeah. like makes it pop. Now it makes it pop too when you good, <laughs> but that makes it pop. So, but yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm always like my my black with the with the blue mixed in together, my yep. bluish black jersey. So how many people be looking at the Georgia Power uniforms? <laughs> You're gonna be thinking about that the whole oh, weekend yeah. and, and, now and, that Ben said that. And somebody somebody make sure this week and just add you know add me <laughs> and say, hey Ben, you know, I said this. That's what I thought it was. I listen, I I listen, I probably misinterpreted a, a lot of things uh in my life and uh you know and that and that is one of them. By the time the show ends, I'm probably gonna come up with something else I used to say that I thought it was actually somebody. You thought it was, yeah. hey, man. Yeah, they have the little at symbol on their helmet. No. Hey, hey, hey. hey it, 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 the Braves it's was all the first at sign. The whole, <laughs> they've been doing it. They, they, that's a prerequisite all these yeah. years, and y'all didn't know. Before anybody even knew what the little A. <laughs> at Georgia Power. It was at, at Atlanta Braves Georgia Power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good. That's good. Yes. But those are the ones that are wearing this weekend are my favorite. Because yeah. they. They don't ever wear, and again, I think uh, as somebody said, a lot of people really like those, and they never wear them. But just for Hank Aaron, uh, hey, the Hank Aaron week that they they put together, which you know, obviously honor Hank Aaron, but they're really nice uniforms. I say wear them more often. Moving yes. along, take two, Kentucky Derby this weekend. Almost nobody talking about it, uh, but the reason I bring it up is I want Ben. What do you know about horse racing? Because uh, the Kentucky Derby, that, obviously that, that, the biggest that, race uh, is that uh, one. If you if you are if you own a horse, you got cheese, right? You you one of those horses that make it. You got cheese, and people and everybody will be touching down in Churchill Downs yeah. this weekend. And Kevin, I mean, it's almost like if your horse comes to what for, obviously you want to get first, but yeah. even if it comes to like second, I mean, these bank accounts be going cha-ching. Because I mean, because and. You know, it it draws like all kind of people there. Like people, you know, Gronk is there with the crazy looking suit on. Tom Brady'll be there. People, let's tell the truth. They're there to see Giselle. Sorry, yeah. Tom. It ain't you today. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's like a spectacle to where it's one of those things like you take time out of your day, say, all right, it's, it's you know, and it's the guy with the uh, the guy that had the white hair. I mean, he's really, really famous. I don't I, Bob I'm not, Baffert. Yeah, yes. I'm not I'm not, I'm not doing that. But Kevin, I will say this. If to you, quote, 
breeders out there, right? <laughs> if you want to call it. Your horse comes in first. You can look at your spouse and go, we, we just did it. Cause yeah. I'm just saying, like, my brother is a, is a lover of dogs. My brother wanted to be, my brother's dream job is to have his own uh, kennels, right? Love pit bulls, breeding. And you can make a lot of money. Lucas, you know I love you. <laughs> if we ever get a horse, <laughs> we, we and, and, if, he went, listen, if he went to Kentucky Derby, let me tell you something. Yeah. Cha-ching, that's his name too. His name, my name, my, my, my horse name is Cha-ching. Because if he coming from, because the whole thing about this, Kevin, you hear about all these, you know, he's the, you know, down like he's, oh yeah, that's a, that's a descendant of, you know, uh, Sea Biscuit or Secretary or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I just know. think that there's breeding, and then you know, that's if you got a horse, and yeah. then you, that, hey man, you get a lot of cheese come. So obviously, the race is one thing, the celebrities another thing. But yeah. if your horse comes in, I guess what top three? Yeah, Kevin. It's retirement life for that horse. People going like, why ain't Kevin on three and out no more? Yeah, yeah. Boy, uh, George uh, Power just won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just won, and I went and stocked up on a I mean, it's not, lifetime supply of Barry White. Kevin, and, about, if you if if you are if you, if your horse does win, because obviously if you I don't even know how many horses is in these quote like leagues or whatever you want to call it to even make it to the Kentucky Derby. I'm pretty sure it's very, very, very prestigious. Yeah. But if your horse oh, is, is there and all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm going to go this thing. He ain't been winning all year. And all of a sudden come around the corner, you know, you got CB, Save Terry, Georgia Power, Georgia Power. Yeah, yeah. Georgia Power won five. <laughs> no, you go, what? what? Cause, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You said to yourself, Yeah, have me another mint julep. Yes. I mean, at, at that point, it would be like, it's welcome back to two for the money. I am being true. That's uh, BJ Bennett. Yeah, and, uh, do, do you know what's in a mint julep? I don't. I do not. I think it's got some kind of, I, I don't know. I'm and, not even going to pretend I know. I think it's and, got and, some and, kind of bourbon in it, but I don't know. And there's pampering, and then there's it? what these horses get. Like, they get, what, like oh, buttermilk yeah. baths? And <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's a bunch of craziness, but if all that going to lead to that, hey, man, give him the buttermilk. Yeah, it's worth the, it. You know, it's worth it. Well, I don't know. If he, is he a vegan horse? Do he want soy <laughs> milk? Who knows? Cause, High you know, quality oats. <laughs> do he want grass-fed milk? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> no, it's, again, it's one of my things that I I enjoy watching. I don't know really a whole lot about horse racing, but it's one of those events that if I can watch it, I will, just because it's something fun. Like uh, when I was growing up, my mom and dad, and my sister and I when would come on. We'd go there and like, who you got? We know nothing about horse racing. We're like, I want number eight. Why number eight? I don't know. He's got a cool name. My my sister once chose a horse. She's like, well, that one I like the color brown that it is. All right, good enough. That's how we choose, and you see what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, and now, then, now, uh, now, I mean, obviously, if you – they say a lot of people actually – it's crazy – actually get introduced to betting in the Kentucky Derby. Probably. Because they'll say, all right, man, I'm going to go there. They also get introduced to losing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wes Welker, we so many years removed, yeah. he was with the Patriots. He's there, fun little suit on, and he wins. He's walking around. This is when you know he won a bunch of money. They say he was walking around giving people $100 bills. That's how much money he made. Like, he go – I would have been like, listen, man, just give me that stack. You don't got, yeah. no, you don't got to see them people. Give me the stack. Give me nobody else. Nobody know. Listen, you the greatest. You the, man, you the greatest slot receiver we ever seen, right? Give me get that stack. But yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not in the, uh, I'm not in the uh, business of losing money. No. And uh, for everybody that's doing the high fives, it's a bunch. Is that of an event you. you would go to just to go to? Yes. To say I've yes. been. Yes, that's a bucket list. That's a bucket. And what's funny is I wasn't that far away when I lived. Obviously in Nashville, I'm not that far away. Uh, you know, from Churchill Downs. Yes, Kevin. Because the whole thing about it is right. I like to be at events to where everybody has to be cordial. Whether you, 
Like, 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 okay, there go big time celebrities. And we just say, oh, man, what's up? You know, you hear, I'll do the whole, oh, what's up, man? It's the GOAT. What's up, baby? And we just talking to people. And Kevin, next thing you know, taking pictures. And, and, and that's evidence. Like, the new autograph is a picture. Like, that's yeah. the new autograph. Kevin, man, you ever met? Yeah, I mean, it was right here. That's a homie, you know? Hey, man, follow me at, you know? <laughs> and then next thing you know, Kevin, you know, we out there just chilling. Yeah. So like, 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 we all have bucket lists. Like, Kevin, with you, it might be bigger than the Kentucky Derby. But no, I would, I would like to go that. I think it'd be fun. Well, hold I, on, I, but Kevin, you got to wear, you gonna wear a, a suit? No. <laughs> Kevin, like, sport coat, slacks. I don't even know if I'd do that. It's hot out there, man. Well, hold on, like, I'm, I'm not a, doing no, that. I'm going to do what the Gronk did now. I'm going to wear something, like, real loud, because it's hot. So by the time you see me, I said, what you wearing? I'm wearing sweat. But if you want to know what's underneath it, I got some cloth. It's hot out here. But no, no, I'm going to wear a nice hat. You know, just keep it cordial. And Kevin, if, 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 if you know, if the Las Vegas Bowl. No, I'm 100% us, for comfort. I, I don't I don't want to wear a suit. So yet. would you wear like an all like a like a like, you know, like a all, like you like you're in Wimbledon. You got an all white polo on with some white. No, I'm around horses and dirt. Why would I do that? <laughs> you know what horses do. Oh, oh uh, I know what they like. So, so you're around that and horses and dirt. Why why am I wearing all white? Hey man, I mean, so what so what would be your attire then for the I'm t- I'm be honest, if I go, I might have a polo shirt on, but it's shorts and I might have some sandals, man. I, I'm all about comfort. Like the wife even knows that. Like she's <laughs> talking about she goes, You're wearing a suit. No, I'm not I'm not wearing a suit. Oh, you're gonna wear it. Nope. nope. I don't want to. Nope. I don't want I, I, again. That's why I work in radio, so I don't have to wear a suit. Talk like, about it. Like, to me, I appreciate lawyers, and I appreciate uh, people who work, you know, uh, for the federal government. And, uh, like, y'all have oh, to— like corporate America? Y'all have to wear—no, but they kind of dress down some, too. But, like, you, you have to wear the suit and tie every day. That respect. We live in the coast of Georgia. It is 90 degrees outside today with 4,000% humidity. And, and you got on a suit and tie. God bless you. I ain't doing it. I thought you were gonna Miami Vice that thing. Like you got the white, you got the white shirt on. With, you know, no, but if you're gonna Miami Vice it, the, and yeah, like show, taco, you gotta have something to show off. Like, like listen, I, get, no. get, go buy, go buy you some chia pet taco meat. Put you right there, <laughs> some little taco meat right there. No, I'm just saying. I thought that that's another thing too. Like people wear like the nice suits on this thing, the third or whatever. But I be asking myself, how are they not sweating? Like, do y'all take? the Oh no, this pre- oh it's hot out there. I'm not, I no, not wearing a suit. <laughs> like that's one thing I think has go. Like you go back and look at like old time sport events and. Dudes are out there wearing wool suits and hats. Like, mm-mm, not doing it. Mm-mm. Now, now we go to games and people got tank tops on and uh, and <laughs> and and barely have sandals. You know, it, it is what it is. It's hot. It's all. It's, it is. It's hot. I want to be comfortable at at the end of the day. All right, Ben. Take three. NFL schedule is put out next Thursday. What is the toughest division as you see it right now in the National Football League? I'm gonna go. A, I'm gonna go AFC. Uh, North number one, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go AFC West too. The reason why I say AFC North number one is I've seen what Joe Joe Burrow coming off a of Super Bowl appearance. I know that Pittsburgh is gonna have to work in Kenny Pickett, but they got you know uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I know what Lamar Jackson and what they just gave him and what he's coming back. Even though they got rid of Hollywood Brown, and at a certain point, Deshaun Watson is gonna be the starter in Cleveland. People going so I will take Burrow, Watson, Jackson. And eventually pick it over, yes, over Russell Wilson. Uh, well, you, you got Russell Wilson. You got uh, I'm, I'm I'm just drawing a blank right now with AFC. Oh, uh, Carr, Derek Carr, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, listen, listen. I'm listen, and I'm and I and I'm gonna say this: the AFC West is going to be serious, like dead serious. 
But I think the AFC North, I mean, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, and anybody that made that Kenny Pickett meme with the itty bitty hand and the big hand to my hip, <laughs> that was that was beautiful. I, 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 I did, I did see I that. I tried not to laugh. He's not five dollars. <laughs> the internet is undefeated. But I will say AFC North one, and I will say AFC West like one B because I do think Kevin the AFC West adding Russell Wilson yeah. to go along with Herbert to go along. With he, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. He goes I, out I, there and balls, and uh, you know. Yeah, but I, but I I still think that that AFC that AFC North is going to be lights out. Yeah, I I'm, I would go out west. I Mahomes, Josh, I mean, Herbert, you got you got Wilson, Super Bowl champions all over the car. and some up and coming guys. Yeah, I I'm, I'm going with the uh, with the AFC. I did see this note. I told this to Ben before the show. Pass along. Uh, Adam Schefter did a thing like before the schedule release. Obviously, they know who they're going to play, and and you know who you're going to play at home. You just don't know the obviously the dates and, and things like that. So he put out a tweet and it said the the teams that travel the most in the National Football League. So he's got the top, you know, travel some. I think the top teams like something like thirty six thousand miles. Probably got a trip to London in there, and so on and so forth. It trickles down. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, how you do this in professional sports, I don't know, but they do it. The Pittsburgh Steelers are traveling the fewest miles, wow. and in doing so, don't have to leave the Eastern Time Zone. How do you do that? How do you do that? Art you know what Rooney, I'm saying, Art, like, Art Rooney, probably, it's probably a Rooney somewhere <laughs> in the in the freaking uh, you know schedule is you know scheduling committee or if that's a thing. But we're not going think, past the Mississippi. Not doing it. Mike Tomlin, where you don't want to do it. Don't want to <laughs> deal with daylight saving time. I don't want to do East Coast. Oh, listen, I don't want to deal with Central Time. Yeah. East Coast, Eastern Central. So if it's one o'clock, it's one o'clock. Not one o'clock here. Not twelve o'clock there. Not nine o'clock. Not doing it. <laughs> one o'clock. Every game. San Francisco, not going. Not doing it. <laughs> listen, I mean, think about you it. You want us to play Seattle? Not listen, doing when it. Atlanta plays Tennessee, they are they are just Atlanta leaves at one, Atlanta <laughs> one, bump that. No, we're playing at one. That's it. <laughs> I saw I saw that note. I'm like, that is probably one of the more interesting notes I've seen. Hey, in that's the how NFL. you save like, money, Kevin. That's how you keep money in the bank. We are you worried, are they worried about saving cash in the NFL? They're, oh, they're, they're, oh, I think oh, they're listen, printing it. Listen, at the end of the day, don't don't let don't let uh don't let Elon Musk and them paying $44 million to buy Twitter fool you. Millionaires don't spend that cheese. They make that cheese. <laughs> we got more to come. That's take three. Matt Smith will join us. We're talking college football next here on 3 and Out. Good to have you back here 3 and Out on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. And we will look to be joined by Matt Smith momentarily here on the program as Matt Smith, SouthernPigskin.com. As, uh, Matt, always good for a good, knowledgeable tweet we are now closer to the start of college football than we are to the end of last college football season. So we don't the, the the waiting is almost over, and the waiting obviously is the hardest part of college football. And a lot happens over the course of the the off season, NIL, transfer portal numbers, uh, guys moving all over the place. A lot to get to. Who's going to be some impact guys there in college football? And I believe we have found. Matt Smith, SouthernPigskin.com. He joins us here on Three and Out. Matt, welcome. How are you? Hey guys, uh, doing pretty well. How are y'all? Hey, we're doing. Hey, we're doing fantastic, man. And uh, we are getting closer to college football. I saw your tweet uh, yesterday saying we are now closer to the start of college football than we are from the end of college football uh, last season. I did want to ask you, kind of on a, a follow up of that, you said something else in that tweet uh, to the effect of, "Don't let me misquote you." Where, uh, hey. A, a critical season for a sport that desperately needs its on-field product to deliver. Kind of expound on what you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, I think we deal with nonsense 
every year around this time with college football for the last decade or so, whether it be the expansion stuff. I think we spent a whole summer talking about satellite camps not that long ago, for God's sake. But um, as we're seeing right now with the NIL and the transfer portal and, and Congress getting involved in all this, I think there is some frustration amongst the fans of the sport that seems very real real, and I think could have more of an impact than some of that other stuff that we used to talk about around this time. So last year I thought the on-field product was a smashing success. You know, it did end with, you know, Goliath playing Goliath East for the national championship. So, but we did get some new blood, you know, Michigan, Cincinnati, Utah, Pitt kind of coming out of nowhere, Ole Miss rising up from the dead to be competitive again. The rivalry games I thought were fantastic for the most part, you know, four overtime Iron Bowl, Michigan finally knocking off Ohio State, uh, Red River, Bedlam, all fantastic games. It was a great year. And uh, can this year kind of match that? Because, again, we forget about all this stuff for those 14 Saturdays because the on-field product is normally so great. And, you know, I'm skeptical that there's more than three teams out there who are capable of hoisting the trophy out at SoFi in the second week of January. But I was skeptical last year, too. And, and while it was two of those superpowers playing for the title, there was some of that new blood kind of breaking through and doing some things that we hadn't seen, at least within the conferences for the past few years. So it was a really fun year, particularly coming out of the COVID year. And I think given where this sport could be headed and the uncertainty about what it's going to look like with the NIL situation, with the transfer portal situation, I think it's important to make sure those fans are still falling in love with the sport and delivering that product that made all the fans love this sport so much and helped vault it from number four or number five in this country to being clearly number two over the past 10 or 15 years, I would say. And, man, obviously, you know, you got the usual suspects of the Georgias, of the Florida, Florida the Georgias <laughs> and the Alabamas. That you talk okay, about clips of people okay, talking about they had it down. They won, they won 10 games. But what other teams is going to have to come to the party? Because we know about the SEC even adding Texas and Oklahoma. Do USC have to get into the party just to get another portion of the world, another set of eyes in a different geographical, you know, part of the, you know, part of the U.S. for that product to keep, I guess, going to the next level? I think that would certainly help, and there, I don't think they're there yet. But you know, as we've seen, you can fix a roster much more quickly than you could have before the the transfer portal came into existence. So I think that's probably a 2023-2024 thing, or maybe we can see USC as a playoff contender. I still think Utah is the best team in the Pac-12, and why they don't have the brand and the panache that a USC does. That could be a team that cracks through, like Michigan and Cincinnati last year, and at least gives you fresh blood in the playoff, even if they fare like all those other teams that broke through, like your Michigan States, like your Washingtons, like your Notre Dames. They end up getting smacked pretty good on in the semifinals. I think that's okay. We've come to accept that just as kind of part of the, the four-team playoff. But if you're looking for new blood, I think USC is a team with the highest ceiling that really hasn't done anything in the playoff area era outside of that one Rose Bowl win with Sam Darnold five or six years ago. I don't think 2022 is the year, and that's part of the reason when I look at the two conferences, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, I just don't see anyone with Oklahoma kind of starting over. Texas certainly is a long way back still to go. USC starting over as well. That can really challenge uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, potentially Clemson as well. So I felt this way last year too, and again, while it ended up that way in the national title game, it was a bit more parity throughout the season than I think we had seen in 2020, 2019 and such. So I'm optimistic for the future for a program like USC, but for 2022 alone, I think it's more of the same in terms of the top dogs flexing their muscles. 
Matt, you talked about the, uh, the, the the future of the sport moving forward. Obviously, Mark Emmert is going to step down uh, in the coming years uh, moving forward, and it seems like transfer portal, good idea. Obviously, it's worked out uh, to allow students to, uh, to to exercise their right to move. I think nobody has a necessarily problem with that. But you started it, and then I, I saw some stats saying like, since it's been instituted, you're talking about 60%, I think actually 59 or 60% of the students who go into the transfer portal actually find a landing spot, either go to a new school or go back to the school uh, they were going to leave. Is that something that you think is going to deeply impact college football where uh, you have a plethora of guys, in a, actually more guys in the portal than there are spots for uh, to land? How, how do you see that affecting college football moving forward positively, negatively, uh, with the way it's been rolled out to this point? Yeah, I think it's a legitimate concern, particularly on the heels of the Jordan Addison situation. You know, we've seen transfer portals been around for a year or two now, and we've seen, as I argued, that I thought it would help the elite teams more than it would the the lower teams, the up-and-comers, not the blue bloods per se. You know, we saw Alabama be able to patch some holes with a guy like Jamison Williams last year. We saw Ohio State, you know, when they missed on a couple quarterbacks, they lost uh, Joe Burrow. They were able to patch that up pretty quickly with Justin Fields. Uh, being able to get immediate eligibility. So we've seen those teams benefit from that. But when you see a Bolitnikoff winner playing for a team that won a Power 5 conference last year, getting in the portal and now heading to potentially a team that went 5-7 and seven last year or a team that went 4-8 and eight last year just because they're a bigger brand and have a much better support system in terms of NIL, I think that's frustrating for the fans. And, you know, the arguments for the past 5 or 10 years now have been on the players, the players, the players. And rightly so, and I think that's why everyone supports NIL, does not really have a problem with NIL, uh, probably didn't even have a problem with the pre-NIL era and those under-the-table payments. I don't think any fans really care, despite all the NCA violations and sanctions. Did the sports popularity suffer? No, not really. I don't think so. But I think combining that with the transfer portal, I think we have, we have a bit of a problem here. I think fans, again, were fine with the nonsense that goes on to help the player get to their school. But once the players are there, they still kind of need that feel, whether it's an authentic feel or not, that the player is one of them. They're with, they're with that team. This isn't just a business transaction here. They're taking the classes that I took 20 years ago when I was in school. They're going to the, the restaurants and the bars that I went to when I lived in, in Athens or in Tuscaloosa or in, in, in Ann Arbor. And when you have situations like Jordan Addison's, I think it hurts that mystique. Again, whether that's real or just perceived by the fans, I think that's a part of college football that professional sports don't have and why the differences between Sunday football, which we all love and delivers a tremendous, tremendous product, and Saturday football are very different, but they still both thrive and have become the top two sports in the country. So, yeah, I think it's a risk. I think fans need to be considered. They still drive the money that comes in. They watch the games. They show up on campus seven Saturdays every fall and spend a lot of money. And if they're not doing that, it's going to be hard for this sport to continue at the level it's been over the past few decades. And man, when you when you when you think about the situation with Jordan Addison, or you hear about you know uh, Spencer Rattler, you know getting to South Carolina, he get he get his uh, car deal. Or Bijan uh, Robinson, he's getting uh, you know uh, Lamborghini Austin. These are still the outliers, right? Like these are some of the best players in college football. What I hear, what I don't hear about with NIL is when I first heard about, it, I said, okay, now every player, whether it's male or female, regardless of the sport, is gonna get something. When we're talking about NIL, most of the time we're still talking about the exception when most players still aren't getting anything. 
Yeah, and I think the concern there is the players that are getting all this money are the ones that probably have a lot of earning power in football once they leave college, as opposed to the guys who were probably just the stars on college, maybe not the great players on their team, but were really popular within that roster, within that town, and they could make some money off of just doing some endorsements for a local restaurant, going up and giving autographs, and and they could make not life-changing money, but, you know, if they made twenty, thirty thousand dollars in a year for being a, a top player, even if they weren't gonna go pro in football, you know, that that's something that's nice to start off your career off, whether in sports or not, when you're twenty two, twenty three years old. I think that's what we were hoping for. But it does seem like it's focused on the heavyweight guys and the guys that are going to end up, whether it's the booster saying, Hey, I want to get in on this guy now because he's gonna make a ton of money someday in the league and I want to be part of his entourage. That stuff going on, yeah, probably. And and I think we saw kind of from the Supreme Court ruling last year, anything related to apps on what players can earn, on revenue sharing, putting X percent of what you earn into a pot that gets shared with teammates, that's not going to fly in a capitalistic society. And I think the Supreme Court was pretty clear with that. So it's going to be hard to get to that point where you're seeing some of those players benefit. They're just guys on the roster. You know, they're, they're good players, they're starters, but they're, they're not going to play in the NFL. And uh, they're probably not getting what some of us hoped would, uh, would come from this whole NIL situation where they could benefit. I, I don't know where this goes, but, yeah, I, I think it is disappointing in that sense. Now, does, do, again, do most people care that B. John Robinson is driving around Austin with a Lamborghini? No, I don't. Now, if he got one to transfer to Florida State and it was driving around in Tallahassee because Texas wouldn't do it, that's frustrating, I think, for the fans. But, again, the players themselves, I think the transfer portal on top of the NIL is what's causing some of the frustration and the angst and leaving people kind of throwing their hands up and saying, Am I still going to care about this sport and have the level of passion for this sport I've had for the last 30 years, you know, four or five years from now, or is my interest in the sport potentially dying? I think that's a major concern for the commissioners, the NCAA, the schools, about the direction of this sport here in a very critical couple of years for the future of it. Matt Smith, SouthernPigskin.com, joining us. And Matt, to that end, and Ben and I have talked about this because, uh, again, you're in a capitalistic society as well. Uh, letting guys go out there and and earn what they want, but it seems like we've brought the what was happening. The you know we brought the McDonald's bag into the public. In some situations, said this is no more than <clears throat> I don't. It doesn't matter who you are as long as you come to school X. Here's the money uh, you're you're getting as far as you know pay for play uh, is concerned at the end of the day. And I hear a lot of people talking about that. And there's not a lot of people uh, as we've talked to that have a whole lot of answers and not a lot of people offer. I mean, Mark Emmert has been quiet other than hey just the states can decide what they want to do and there's been no oversight on any of this is that kind of what's driving the frustration is that it appears maybe it's true or not but it appears to be just kind of the wild west out there and what happens is what happens yeah i don't think it needed to get to this point where you had to get the supreme court involved when that ruling came out i guess sometime last year i mean the o'bannon case was settled and went through the legal system that I might be off a couple of years, but 2013 time frame when that was going down, like they had all this time to come up with some guardrails. And I know we've all heard the, the toothpaste cannot go back in the tube a million times over the past couple of weeks with this, but that's the reality. You know, once the states started making their own laws and, and we've seen some of the figures for these deals and the transfer portal as well, I mean, that might be an easy fix is going back to the one year sit out rule for uh, undergraduate transfers, but that's not happening. They, they have it now. You're not going to go back on that. So they had time from, you know, 2013 to 2019, 2020, when this all really took off, 
to kind of set some guardrails and, and say, hey, you know, this might not be true capitalism. They're going to get a lot more than what we had in the past. And at that point, they might be, they might accept it. Could have worked out where you have some guardrails and things like that. And now it's a, it's a complete free for all in the wild west, like you said, Kevin. And there's no going back. So we've seen the NCA come out with some stuff in the in the past 24 hours about after schools and, and trying to set some things up. Uh, I don't know what the answer is at this point. Now that you've let it get to this this far, and that's Mark Emmert's biggest failure through all this is seeing where this was headed back around the time the O'Bannon stuff was getting worked out in the courts eight, nine years ago, and absolutely doing nothing, washing their hands clean of it, letting up to the states who are making their own individual policy state by state, and now it's a complete disaster. And maybe, maybe it goes forward without him. It's a tough job. You have so many different interests trying to, to play into where this goes, but the, the biggest failure absolutely for Emmert was just sitting on his hands when he knew this was coming almost a decade ago. And, man, I mean, obviously, when you think about something like NIL, I was always told, listen, if you if you can't explain it, it's because you don't understand it. And when you and when you think about what we're talking about with all these different uh, scenarios, you could do this in certain states, you can't do it in other states. But something that came out and said certain states, these colleges and universities can actually negotiate on behalf of these student-athletes. How crazy do you think that could get a being able to say, hey, we're going to negotiate for school for school for this player, yep. but that same player is not supposed yeah. to be able to use right. that team. Yeah, right there in your state of Tennessee, I believe they can do that now, right, Matt? Yeah, they can, and that's, some states have it, some states don't have that. It's probably going that way, but then once the, the schools don't want to be involved, because once they get involved in administering this and negotiating this stuff, well, hello, Title Nine, that that's still out there, and then what do we do? So there's just so many incongruent factors working here between NIL uh, state laws, between the portal, between Title IX. I, I don't have a good answer, and there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me who don't have an answer either, clearly. So I don't know where this is going, but, yeah, the schools don't want to be directly involved because of issues like Title IX, yet they still need to kind of direct the boosters, the sponsors, whoever you want to call them, to get in touch with the right people, figure out what their market is to land these players and execute the deal and get the player on, on the roster. So again, there's just so many incongruent things working that there's just really no feasible solution. Now that we've let it get this far, there probably was one back in 2015, 2016, but at this point, I don't know what it is. I don't know where this is headed. I think that's why every single stakeholder, the schools themselves, the networks, the fans, uh, they don't know where this is going, and they're not sure what the sport is going to look like as soon as two or three years from now. So, again, I would just enjoy this season. Hope it's a season like last year. Appreciate teams like Utah and Pitt, even if they can't compete for a championship. That's what makes college, college football great. School's doing things they haven't done in a while, like those last year. So, back to the original point, I hope it's a season a lot like last one because I have my concerns about where this sport is headed in the next couple seasons. But I do not trust the leadership at any level. Matt Smith joining us here. Matt, before I let you go, I don't want to end it on that rosy note. Uh, so who's the guy you're looking forward to you think is going to have a big impact come fall that you uh, cannot wait to see how they fit in with their school? Um, I'll give you a guy who's probably off the radar for now, but still in the SEC. Michael Trigg at Ole Miss, the, the transfer, technically a tight end, but will play more as a wide receiver. Uh, came over with Jackson Dart, who might not even start, but watching their spring game and hearing about how spring practice went on Ole Miss, that guy looks like, Maybe something between uh, Kenny Yaboa, who played for Ole Miss a couple years ago, and, uh, and Kyle Pitts. I think somewhere in between there where he can be 
probably an all-SEC tight end, potentially an all-American tight end. So Michael Trigg at Ole Miss, I think a player to watch, who most SEC fans probably have not heard of because he's new to the league. Uh, but he's a physical freak, and I think we'll have a great year as the Rebels, as the Rebels offense tries and uh, tries to move on in, uh, from the Matt Corral era and still stay afloat as a contender in the SEC West. Matt Smith joining us here on 3 Now. Matt, always a pleasure. Thanks much. See you, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Matt, Matt Smith joining us here on 3 Now. Covered a lot of ground with him, and again, who knows where college sports and college football is headed but it's been a wild ride here along the way. We got more to come. Three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back on this Friday. Braves and Brewers coming up later tonight. Ben, the Mets the other day, was it yesterday? Came back from six down in the ninth to beat the Phillies. Down seven to one. They come back and win it eight to seven. Are you buying the Mets after something like that? Because, again, there are certain things that happen in sports where you can't explain it. You are down Six runs in the ninth inning in a professional baseball game. A major league baseball game where the other guys are the best in the bit, and you score six, have a score six all game, and you score, actually, you score seven runs to win it. You are down late, and you score to win it. How do you explain something like that? And do you think the Mets kind of have, does that give you kind of like that it that the Braves have had over the last three or four years where it's, you can't explain it. Why were they so good in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning? I, Down I, behind, I, they come back and win. Like, is that something that kind of spurs a team like the Mets? Like, oh, they're going to met. Well, that, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen every day when you pull something mm-hmm. off like that. It doesn't. Um, do, they have, do they have that Braves? It, I got to see more of it because when the Braves were doing it, Kevin, it was happening every other night. Like, it, it, you'd be like, what in the world? The Braves were the most exciting team once you get past the, what, the eighth inning. They, they, it's like the Braves up by, you know, they're up by six. They'll, they'll score four more. They're down by five. They'll win by one. But I will say this about the Mets. What was dangerous is they show you what they're capable of doing. Like, that's kind of how baseball is going. When you see, like, teams be up by four, they scoring all the runs in one inning. Like, like everybody, like a lot of teams are doing that. It's hard to say any, It's hard to say they got with the Braves because the Mets, unfortunately, Kevin, until they cannot met, like, I got, like, I don't say Clemsoning anymore because they've gotten over the hump. The Mets have not. And the biggest Met ever was when they was in the freaking World Series with Kansas City. Oh, they finally did it. They finally get to tell their big brother, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, the Yankees, well, look at us. No, 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 they didn't do it. So I, so for me, I, the Mets showed how dangerous of a team they could be last night. And, and something I wanted to ask you, though, Kevin, like the announcer, right? Because a lot of times, you know, as an announcer, Kevin, you've announced a lot of games. Sure. You don't know what's going to happen. My job is to say, listen, my job is to give life. Obviously, in commentary, I'm painting pictures with my words as far as like what I'm seeing. But my enthusiasm will be dependent upon what I'm seeing or when it's happening in real time. Absolutely. If you are that announcer, you say to yourself, all right, they got, they got one one. But, but then you start seeing the rattle. Oh, God. And then you start, do you do you kind of like start speaking to the future? Like, oh, my God, if, if they could keep this up. Absolutely, yeah. Run after run. Because to me, they kept showing the announcer. And I and I think that kind of stuff is important because as a casual as a casual you know fan of any sport, a lot of how I'm looking sometimes the announcer telling you no you you should be into this so even if you don't like the Mets these are rarities these these things sure. don't happen they showed him you know up in the booth and at first he was sitting down he's like all right they down by you know down by five down by six I mean I'm boom then they get the first one next thing you know Peter Lons on and and at one point he's standing up in the booth. Do you, as an announcer, say, dude? Sometimes I can't control. Like I can't control. I know I'm just here 
to give something to the listener. I know I'm here to – I am the in-between between what you're seeing and what you're hearing. I get it. But him standing up, is that him saying, dude, like, I know how big of a part I play in this, but I like the enthusiasm no, that he I mean, showed when it was happening. Yeah, no, that, that is something where obviously if you're announcing a game or whatever, like, you, you're you're in it. Uh, you are paying attention to, to what's going. Your job is not to be a fan necessarily, but to also be a fan. I mean, if you're a fan of sports, look – you you ride the wave. I think baseball, basketball will be one of those things because you're with the team. If you do every every single game, you're with the team all the time. I mean, it's you know NFL. It's 16 weekends, and uh, maybe you go to prep, but like Major League Baseball, it's 162 days with the team. You ride the highs, and, and you see stuff in sports. Yeah, it's okay to get caught up in it uh, sometimes. I, the, Al Michaels, do you believe in miracles? I mean, you don't think Al Michaels there is going. This is about to happen. Like, I mean, you, you look at it and go, nobody, because there's certain things that happen in sports where like, nobody, you see, it's seven to one. Look, I'm the most optimistic person when it comes to teams ever. It's seven to one in the ninth inning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably feeling this one's in the bag. You know, okay, it's over. And then you get a little spark. And then something else happens. And then something else happens. And all of a sudden, you're like, you can't explain. Well, I mean, because again, it's it's major league baseball. This is the top of the teams don't just break off. This ain't a little league baseball. We just break off six, seven, eight run innings all the time. Like this just doesn't happen. So yeah, I can totally buy it that. Like when you get in a moment, yeah, I, I, and that's honestly, I, I tell people this all the time. Uh, I I can't do it when I've called basketball games. So I'm usually sitting courtside. But uh, when I've done football and, and things like that, I usually stand up. Why? Because you get that energy of the moment. But yeah, certainly when uh, you know you do state championship games. Uh, when you've done things like, yeah, when it starts getting down to the, uh, yeah, you guys stand up, you're like, oh man, this is, we're, we're getting there. You know, it's like, and so you got to translate that to what you're, uh, 100%. Like, people will expect, like, and I don't know why people do this, we're like, you, you're either a homer, right? Or they're like, I just don't understand what, like, no, you're a sports guy. Like, when it gets down to it, you are just as much caught up in the moment as everybody else. You're like, oh, this is about to happen. Like, I think, you know, honoring Hank Aaron this week, you don't think that when when guys do that, the neck with any neck swing of the bat, Hank Aaron was going to pass Babe Ruth for the home run champion uh, of all time. But I'm standing up in the booth when he comes up the bat. Like I'm, I'm in it. Like yeah, I, I'm supposed to be a uh, potentially if I'm doing the national broadcast or like, like, a non like, 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 like the situation with Miguel Cabrera. Like everybody know he's trying to get that three thousand. Yes, three thousand hits. And, and, that's and, and, a rarity. And if you're the announcer, you're, you're, you're saying to yourself like. Like, how much of it is it saying, like, welcome to so-and-so part. Today we got, you know, Team X, Team Y. We say, listen, on the on this, today could be the day to win. Because sometimes, like, the fans, we can kind of get lost in what we're watching. And you as the announcer saying, no, 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 no. I mean, this is rare company. Yeah. These type of, like, as much baseball as you watch, you're not going to see a perfect game that often. L.A.? Yeah. Like, you're not going to see what happened with what happened with the Mets is one of those things where you can say, this, every, 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 Every team looks back at the season and say, "What was the turning point? Like, what, what, what sure. game or moment?" And you go, "Dude, it was against the Phillies. Like, it's against a, you know, it's a divisional foe. They th- obviously everybody think they got the game won. The Phillies as well as yep. us. We think we got to go. Yeah, we get tied up here, right? Hey. It's a Friday. We're ready to go. <laughs> it's three and out. One more hour to go here on this Friday afternoon. Ben and I are, oh, we're making it to the finish. <laughs> Between not knowing if how much time's left it, in the yeah, hour to. Knocking glasses off to uh, everything we got. I mean, we it is Friday, and we are here, and we are uh, we are excited for the weekend. Needless to say, and we are closer to the start of college football uh, than we are away from the end of it. As we talked to Matt Smith about that, and 
And Penn, obviously, a lot of folks excited. I know you had, you know, now we're in the let's make something up. I know Spencer Rattler, he came out and said, hey, this is a fake tweet that somebody put out saying, hey, it's SEC way easier than the Big 12. <laughs> like, knowing, I was like, even when you were like saying, I was like, why would you even say that? Like, even if you were like, these college athletes today know better than that. I was like, why would you even say that? Even if it was like you went from the SEC to the Big 12, why would you say, oh, it's way harder? I mean, even if you believe that, don't say that kind of stuff. And he and he didn't, but you know, Spencer Rather, a guy that you and I were talking about all these way too early predictions. And this is a guy that obviously had a big time pedigree. He was one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy uh, last year when the season started. Ended up losing his starting job at Oklahoma, now transferred to South Carolina. Not even in the top, what, four quarterbacks, according to uh, you know Todd McShay's way too early mock draft. You got Anthony Richardson. You got Will Levis ahead of uh, of him. And this is a guy that people thought could be the number one. I mean, I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. He has a good year at South Carolina. Maybe he could end up being a number one quarterback pick ahead of Bryce Young or C.J. Shroud if he goes to South Carolina and puts up numbers. But how do you see a guy uh, like Spencer Rattler? Is this a second opportunity for him to be the quarterback we thought he could be? Is it? Is it? How do you view him? Because it's hard to believe a guy that was in such short order the number one quarterback in college football, potentially, to a guy that didn't play, had a transfer, and now is in a, a conference that is certainly the best in, in college football top to bottom, a side that's a little more competitive. But, uh, again, if you talk about going up against the likes of Georgia, uh, maybe a Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, whoever from the other side, I mean, he's going to have a tough road to hoe and maybe not in as – I don't know if wide open is the right word, but a quarterback playmaking friendly offense as you had. I know at, at Oklahoma, I know in South Carolina it's a developing thing, but yes. so far they've been a run-the-ball-play-defense type team because that's who they have. What do you expect from a guy like that when he goes to a South Carolina? What do you expect from Spencer Rattler here? I expect him to do what Will Levis did uh, <clears throat> for, for Kentucky. You uh, you know, I mean, I know we joke about it, Kevin, but yesterday Tom Shea comes out with his wig too early. 2023, you know, uh, NFL mock draft, Will Levis was going top 10 to the Giants, right? Well, people go, well, why would he even get that type of consideration? We know one thing about a Kentucky team. They want to run the football. They want to play defense. He added that throwing element, right? When you think about a guy like Spencer Rattler, I want him to do at uh, the good Spencer Rattler. I want him to do for South Carolina what he was doing in Oklahoma. The good Spencer Rattler can throw it with the best of them. Like, it kind of sends shockwaves. When people go, all right, where is Spencer Rattler going to land? We thought he was Arizona kid, thought he was going to keep it in the pack, you know, state, maybe go pack 12 for the Big Ten. When he said South Carolina, we're like, whoa. I mean, number one, give Coach, you know, uh, I mean, give Coach Beam a lot of credit. Yeah. You got a, you got a big-time player, right, coming from a big-time school that got beat out, right? And in a sense, I mean, and no fault to his own, that's kind of what the transfer portal is. I went from a starter to a backup. I'm not going to go from starter to backup back to the starter again. I, I need to go somewhere where I can finish out my career. I'm going to go to the SEC. He's going to me, Kevin, he's Jamie Newman for, for South Carolina. Jamie Newman, for those of you who can't remember, was supposed to go to Georgia, right? And uh, it never transpired. Yeah, COVID. I, yeah, he COVID, decided not to play. Yeah. He decided not to play, right? And listen, I am not blaming Jamie Newman, but there are certain brands in college you, you do not mess with, and Georgia's one of them because – it's not like he didn't have production already, but people want to say, all right, man, you came to the SEC, we want to see it. And this is the thing, Kevin, it's not so much he didn't do it because of COVID, right? He was practicing. I mean, he's going through the drills and doing everything. Then all of a sudden when the season comes, I don't want to do it. 
And people are like, all right, never heard from Jamie Newman again, whether that has something to do with what happened to Georgia. Spencer Rattler. <clears throat> you go you go with Joe Burrow. I'm not saying he's going to do what Joe Burrow did. Let me, let me, let me put it in the context. Joe Burrow, starts at Ohio State, didn't work out, go to LSU, the rest is history, right? Now, the difference is Joe Burrow had two years at LSU. People people think about 2019 where he went through his growing plays in 2018. Spencer Rattler can line it up, kept it for a South Carolina team, now let's face it, Hasn't really had a lot to go off of, you know, as of as of as of uh, as of late, as far as like the quarterback position. I yeah. mean, the last, I mean, the quarterback last year was a freaking coach, and then had to become <laughs> a quarterback. So I think for I think for Spencer Rattler, you talking about a resume booster. What's going to boost him more than the SEC? What's going to boost him more than being a quarterback in the SEC? What's going to boost him more than if your name is being talked about? Like I. Listen, I listen. I love all the love for uh, you know Anthony Richardson, AR fifteen, but he's an athlete. AR Richardson is an athlete. If he can, if Spencer Rattler can throw the rock like he did, because I think his uh, his his, uh, his uh, teammate tight end came up with him from Oklahoma as well. If he can, if he can light up in the SEC, Kevin, he's got a shot to definitely. Because this is two things to Spencer Rattler: the play and the character. Because the thing about him is. They say that he's he wasn't the best, and you know how it is with narratives. Whether it's true or not, it's a narrative, and he's gonna have to, you know, quiet that noise. So become a good teammate and go out there and ball. He got a shot to definitely be. I mean, he don't got to be a. T- Let me tell people something. Well, he ain't top ten pick. Well, he can go top fifteen, top thirty two. That means he's the first round pick because of, because leaving Oklahoma didn't leave with the best. You know, now your coach has moved on uh, to obviously USC. It's a total different regime going on. I never coach Venables, but I think Kevin he go to South Carolina. My expectation of him. Listen, man, compete against Georgia. You're not going to beat them. But if, mind you now, if you can't compete with Georgia and just say you beat them, just say you are, because this year right now they probably got, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, and, and, you know, and obviously down there, you know, it might be Kentucky. If you end up being the second best team in the East, you compete with the best team in in the East, what can it do for your draft stock? Oh, it can boost it in a big time way. And again, uh, it's putting up numbers. I think you want to see him win games uh, yeah. as well. I mean, I'm trying to think back even to a quarterback that didn't play at the biggest school. I mean, they won games. It wasn't like, oh, they went six and five or six and six. No, they seven, eight wins. I think even Daniel Jones at Duke, I think they won eight or nine games uh, one year while Daniel Jones was there. So you're, you're seeing the elevation of the program. I mean, Spencer Rattler, if I know South Carolina is still in a re- if he wins six games, is that enough? Yeah, to push him in that category, or would you like to see him push uh, that, that team a little farther? Um, I think six, seven wins is one thing. He has to be the best quarterback in the state. I mean, DJU is right there at Clemson. You're gonna get a chance to play him. That kind of stuff matters. DJU is on nobody's list. Not right now. Right. So I think that if, if coming out of state, and he was a guy. That, I mean, it, was, it, it I changes mean, so I, quickly. Yeah, Kevin, if you would have told me, now listen, they still end up winning ten games, but. That was more of a collective thing because at a certain point I was like, is this offense just not good? This year, and obviously, it starts and ends with the quarterback position, but <clears throat> being the best quarterback in that state, right? Yep. Having, a good, having, having a good showing against better teams. Georgia's a better team, right? right? Tennessee, Florida, they might be better teams than you, right? <clears throat> but you have a good showing against those teams, right? But you have to play well out of conference. I think he got Charlotte this year. It can't. That can't be no. Oh, it came now. Like you talking about coming. Once again, he didn't say that. He he wasn't the one said it. Whoever made up the freaking tweet about Spencer Rattler, you are a loser. <laughs> Whoever you are, you need to get a life. Like they're fans, man. Come I, on, I, you I, know. I, but I, but I, but it's the thing though, Kevin. It's about playing well against teams that are better than you. It's about it's about dominating teams yeah. that shouldn't even be on the field with you. And it's about killing those narratives because two things he gonna do. Well, three. Hopefully, he plays well. 
Hopefully he kills that character na- uh, narrative, and hopefully his teammates speak up for him. How do you get clicks? And how, how, what's clickbait? Have a guy going, man, SEC is not very good. I don't know what to do. You have brought the you brought one, the wrath gu- out. Guarantee one hundred percent. If which I don't know who else they're gonna. <laughs> he not said he didn't say else, it. So yeah. I, mean, I don't know who. who I'm, I mean, obviously he's got to become the SEC media days. I mean, who else? Is, <laughs> be I guarantee you, Kevin. Somebody's gonna. Somebody has a program director that's told him ask the question, but it wasn't. Yeah, he said it wasn't true. I, well, do know, it anyway. Because sometimes, right? If you know, I, I was. I've seen. I mean, I've seen uh, Spencer Rattler on freaking Netflix and the QB One series and all that. So I've I've seen him a long time. Sometimes, Kevin, is how do you handle pressure? Like, how do you handle it behind the camera, behind the mic? How do you handle it behind center? And if he could. If, Unfortunately, everybody has a check. My coach told me this. Everybody got a checklist when it comes to players. You want to you want to have more checks than minuses, if any minuses. Right now, he got some minuses. Like he's the first Oklahoma quarterback in a long time to be that hype that didn't that didn't end up there. Like you know, it's the first time in a long time. Jalen Jalen Hurts wasn't even there and ended up balling. And the first three years with Alabama, I go to Oklahoma. That helped him get in the second round. So all I'm saying is, you got to go. Listen, man, you got to get them checks. And he has a very very outspoken daddy. His daddy will talk trash. <laughs> and I ain't mad. I, I, maybe I was, maybe mad. it was his dad that said that. Maybe his dad it's said, oh, this SEC, yeah. man. I mean, hey, man, yeah. listen, Odell Beckham Jr. daddy helped him get about a Cleveland get a get a Super Bowl. So, I mean, daddies do make good decisions. I ain't, I, ain't, I just think that for me, when you think about a guy like Spencer Rattler, Kevin, is think about this. T- take away the fact that, you know, we have to cover these guys and we in media. If you hearing about this, you hearing about Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler's out here at South Carolina, I want to see if he good. Because I'm not saying he wasn't good at Oklahoma. But what Spencer Rattler are you getting? Because when he is good, he lights it up. And when he started doing that stuff, if it didn't work in the Big Ten, you will get Big embarrassed. 12, yeah. Big 12, I'm sorry, yeah. the Big 12. You will get, not just embarrassed in the SEC, you will get exposed. And nobody has a bigger microscope, to me, on him going to a new school more than Spencer Rattler. I'm not taking away all the other guys that are going to other schools like the JT Daniels and the Slovises and, the, you know, different guys. But what I am saying is the quarterback under center at, 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 in the SEC, at, at, I mean, in South Carolina, he better light it up because if not, we go the same. We don't even know Spencer Rattler. We we take on the narratives. We don't know him. The boy could be the, the greatest kid in the world. But if he if he don't, if he, as we start we we start saying when they said it over home, he goes, see, he has to he has to get past in order to get past that other that alter ego. Hey man, Bruce Wayne better step up up there in Columbia because if not, it, it, you know how it is. Kevin, they go, does, uh, it's gonna he, get bad. He does have. We were reading up on. It, he does have two vehicles. I wonder, wonder if one is the Batmobile. I mean, uh, I'm just there, saying, I, listen, I, at, the, at the end of the day. Listen, they said, look, man, why give him one vehicle? Two is not, you, you get two? I mean, think about this. Kevin, if you at VSU, are they saying, Kevin, man, we'll give <laughs> They were doing that for me. I, I'm just saying, like, if they, if they come at you and say, listen, Kevin, we'll give you two whips. Yeah, why, why do I have one? When no, you no, have Kevin going to say, are you giving gas money? Because that might be worth the same as a new vehicle anymore. He's, but no, I, I, you know, I, sure, uh, you were reading it to me. Uh, about the Spencer Rattler deal where they were they were talking about uh, a local dealership gave him a view and they're like, well, with the back and forth from practice and this and that, why well, we figured you might as well they're have two. Keep, they're trying to keep their miles down. Well, we have one car, might as well give him two. <laughs> hey, I, listen, I, and he did get he got he got the what he got the uh, the the, uh, the, the, ch- the challenge. He got no, no he, he got, got, the, got the, a sports uh, car, he got and Camaro, got, like a Camaro, and he got a Ram. Yeah, and he got a, he got a, got a truck. So know, you got at, the best at, of both at, worlds. At, 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 at the end of the day, I mean, Spencer Rattler is high profile. He's one of the he's one of the recognizable players and quote faces of college football, right? Some could say, some could say, outside of Stetson Bennett, he is the biggest face at quarterback, maybe, and that's taking us away from AR fifteen in the SEC because he already has a proven track record at another school, whether you like him or not. 
So we'll see. I mean, you know what? What? I mean, uh, uh, you got um, you got Stetson Bennett, you got AR fifteen, you got uh, you know, you got uh, you got um, uh, shoot, Spencer Rattler. You got some big names going on right now uh, in the SEC East. He wants to he wants to stay a big name because now Kevin people have a reason to what the hardest thing for any player to do at any school at any given time is be worth somebody's eyes and ears. That's hard to do. I think I think Spencer Rattler has earned that. Whether you rooting against him or for him, he, he you want to see him right. And and in those business spurs that you see him, is he lighting it up? And that's fair or unfair. I mean, you can you yeah. that ain't right. Well, that's you know that, that that's, that's how slide. it goes. Yep. That's how it goes. Hopefully we, it gets it done. We got more to come here on this Friday. It is 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here 3 and Out on this Friday. Braves in Milwaukee coming up a little bit later. Uh, tonight's also Mother's Day this weekend, Ben. Uh-oh. My mama. Y'all squared away? Uh, I was trying to. <laughs> so, all right, I, so about the uh, college football. Nah, you know, nah, so nah, I'm nah. going to say this about my mama. Okay. Uh, you know, Mama Troop, my mama, she – my mama don't mind putting it out there. Like she'll send out a she'll send out a mass text to me, my brothers and sisters, saying, "Listen, quote, you know she kind of Bill Cosby that thing. If you if you guys want to be surprised with me on Sunday, just let me know. LOL, let me know where I need to be. If it's gonna be a dinner or you guys gonna do something for me. If y'all want to <laughs> quote put y'all money together to give me something. And I'm thinking to myself, what? And I'm thinking to myself, obviously, you know, got the best mom in the world. You know, yeah. But it's like you got, you know. I'm like, what daddy at? Like, daddy can get you something. <laughs> but I will say this, right? My mom, my mom gets real, real, she gets real like petty on, on Mother's Day. But in a good way, though. She wants something, right, Kevin? But it's the thing, right? You know how you get somebody something, they looking at it, like experimenting with it, like, uh, uh, you didn't have to pay for this? Like, <laughs> I got you. And so my mother, listen, birthdays, on her birthday, she dead serious. She wants something. And on Mother's Day, she wants to kind of get pampered. Like, whatever my daddy's getting, that's on him. I, I don't even try to compete with him, right? But, you know, we're going to do something. She was, you know, I like, the funniest thing happened yesterday was I asked my mom, you know, because I said, Mom, do you eat seafood? Like, I know the kind of stuff she eat, but do you eat seafood? I'm on the phone with her. Now, I've already texted her this. She didn't text me back. I said, Mama, do you eat seafood? She said yes on the phone and text me yes. Well, I said, did you did you just text me yes? Yeah. Well, you, you, she you wanted just, to make sure you got the message. Mama, did you just text me yes? Well, I'm just returning your message, Mama. Yeah, you on the phone with me. Anyway, <laughs> I will. I, so yeah, we gonna we gonna do something for it. Make just, sure you because got the because if not, right, Kevin, it's like I don't know how it is, you know, uh, in the Thomas household, but I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about oh, so you know, I mean, what do I get for being your mama? Just, I'm sorry, like. Mama, like I said, happy Mother's Day. That's it. That's all. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go, you know, she's talking about putting your money together. What you think you're finna get? Yeah. My mom, my mom just uh she's just playing a garden in her backyard. Knowing this woman, obviously I've known her my whole life. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> never never known my mama to plant anything. So I want nothing to do with that. Maybe I might get her some fertilizer or something. Who knows? But I'm gonna show you the picture of the scarecrow that she sent me. And I'm like, Mama. What the hell is that? <laughs> but, any, but, any, but anyway, <laughs> but it, <laughs> I'm going to show it to you in the break, but at okay. the same time, now nah, we go Mother's Day for me, man. We're gonna definitely do something for my mom. Yeah, man. she 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 but she let but she already puts it out there. My dad, my dad is a little bit different Father's Day. My daddy just say, you know what, my dad is specific. Just give me some all blue boots. Like just quiet. all blue? Yeah. Like, doesn't matter. Just all blue. That's it. Give me some all blue. The problem is, right? He's asking me, my brother, and my sister for that. 
So I'm like, I got daddy some booze. I got some booze. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He got what? He said, he's to my, he'll say, I expect y'all all to get the same kind. And if you did, give me the receipt. I'm going to get that money back because I want to have two bags. <laughs> you know what I mean? He said, it's different. So, hey, my dad is more, my dad is more specific. My mom is more do something collectively. So we hopefully no. we'll, we'll get do something nice for a Sunday. Yeah, I'm more like just, just, just quiet. I know where to go and quiet on on Father's Day. It's like, hey, that, I don't don't ask me to go anywhere, do anything, just quiet. Don't listen. listen. And, and, I, and think, and think about that. People saying, Kevin, you won't. Yeah, because it's like, as you get older, and and, and, and let me give you a John. Yeah, you no. Know, when I was a kid, my mom was like, "You're so loud in this house." And now, now that I have children, as, as my I'm my like, yes, say, it is. As my daddy would say, getting older is inevitable. Getting old is a choice. That's true. So, so what we do is we get older. And as you get older, the things that you don't think you're going to want to do, all men do every day, and you can quote me, all the guys <laughs> do it every day is try not to turn into your dad. That's all. That's all. Because you do realize. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what you're doing. Because people go, oh, I'll never be like my dad. No, no. Who you think you're becoming? Yes, you're like, 100%. Like, listen. Kev, you already done it. Turn that music down in there. <laughs> and as soon as you said it, oh, my God. Right? So all I'm saying is my daddy and Papa B, they will tuck their shirts in for nothing. Like, <laughs> like for real. Like, tuck in nation. Wait, are, are, you go, are you reaching that point? No, no, no. no, 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 I'm, no, no, no. I'm asking. Because my thing is, right? My At daddy, what age do you start to, well, maybe does I, look I, a little I, better I, than I, I think, I think, I think once you get around, like, okay, once you get, like, 52, 53, Ain't no, you old enough to where ain't nobody gonna say nothing to you, cause your friends obviously are your age and y'all hopefully looking like as far as like how y'all dress, <laughs> so it's cool. But my daddy is at the house with the with the pajama bottoms on and a white beater tucked in, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, listen, listen. And I'm thinking to myself, where you going? Like I'm going to the kitchen. You want to be dressed for the kitchen? Yeah, man, I can't be walking around. You're in your house, like so. All I'm saying, Kevin, I, and, and to those of you who got real pajamas out there, like real pajamas, like. You go in your pajama drawer and you got like the Bill Cosby tops and bottoms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not me either. So I, I got some ways to go, but I will say I am turning to my dad. <laughs> I'm doing my best to not turn it to my to not turn it. My dad, my dad is old school, uh, man. My that's dad was, fine. You know, I know, but listen, love our dad. But I will say this. Kevin, you don't gotta say it. I want the same attention to be given to Father's Day as it is to Mother's Day now. Cause my goodness. Mother's Day, you know about a month and a half before Father's Day. I mean, the, the number. It's tomorrow. Oh, 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 shoot, it's Father's Day today. Congratulations to all the fathers. All the fathers stand up. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what is that? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't expect it to be the same. But give us something. Don't be like, Kevin, you got what's my new father? tie. Yeah, like, let me tell y'all something. If you give people socks for Father's Day, once again, just like the person, just like a person, uh, you know, who was sending out the fake tweets for, um, Professor Rally, you a loser. That's nonsense. You don't you don't give me something that you could have given me like if we just out shopping. You want some socks? I go to the side guy. Did you wrap these? Yo, yeah. these are nice. I said, man, this this ain't even big enough for me. This go up to size twelve, man. Yeah. Oh, you can't use those. Give them back to me. That's then. right. You want me? To- Man, parents are good like that. I will say that that's, that is one of my good. Uh, I'll say that I'll, I'll talk about my mom here before Mother's Day because it is a funny story. When I was first out of college and I got a job. Uh, my mom and dad came down to visit me at the house, and we go out, and we end up at a uh, a market, like a flea market. Uh, it wasn't really a flea market. It's like a, a market. It's like a whole bunch of people there. They got tables set up, and we go by this place, and it's like they got knives, you know, like kitchen knives, di- various different things. And my mom looks at me and goes, hey, this is June, by the way. Like, where is this summertime? She goes, hey, 
what all kind of stuff you got at the house? Could you use a sharp knife for the kitchen? Yeah, that, that would actually be pretty nice, actually. Okay, I'll get that for you. Appreciate it, Mom. That's great. Get, we walk outside. Hey, can I have that? Oh, no, 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 no. You go, this is a Christmas gift. I'm like, it's June. So I can't, I, I can't have this for six months? Hey, you, wait, wait, wait. I get, like, hold on, I, hold on. So, so basically, you got me something in June that I'm going to get in December, yeah. and I got to act like, oh, oh yeah. Man, whoa. Like, hey, I, I didn't need it between now and then, but it was, it was, it, no, it was good, but I was just like, why? why do, you is, like this? do you like this? I do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I should do that to, all my, to, my, to both of my children. Hey, would you <laughs> like this PlayStation? You would. All right. You can have it in December. <laughs> I'm trying to listen. That that household is gonna be rough. I, I can't say. I, listen, I can't say for Christmas. I, listen, I've gotten a, a broom. I've gotten a, a iron. Have you had to wait six months for it though? No, no, no. But this is probably okay. <laughs> I mean, Christmas saying. Eve, everybody out there, you know, people going in different ways, getting gifts, whatever. I'm coming back with some nice gifts. Next day, my mom was like, "Is I got you something?" I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "What?" My hands together. What you got? And when she bring the broom out, I'm thinking you finna sweep, and she give it to me. <laughs> Go, was oh, it a used broom? No, no, you know, it had a little plastic at the bottom. <laughs> you know, saying. it got a little plastic thing at the bottom. Then she gave me, she said, I got you something you need. I said, what? She gave me iron, she gave me iron boy. I said, mama, what? I go, is this the iron I saw you holding yesterday? Yeah. You know, it's for you, did you? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> you do now. <laughs> I said, so let me get this straight. If I wasn't ironing on an ironing yeah. board before you gave it to me, you think, oh, shoot, I, I can iron. That's mama, right. where am I going? Who am we I love trying our to impress? Mama. I wear T-shirts and shorts. Love our moms. Happy Amen. Mother's Day Happy to all Mother's the moms Day. out there. And more. when we come back, something we go from loving our moms to Ben. <laughs> do you love somebody a little bit less because of something he said earlier this week? We'll get to that next here on 3 and Out. 3 and Out on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Been in the season of love with Mother's Day coming up this weekend. But somebody said something earlier this week. And I want to get your opinion. Does it make you love him more? Or love him less. That's Tom Brady. Tom Brady comes out on social media and says, you know that butt fumble, guys? Yeah, that probably was a fumble. Oh, no, we're not giving back the dub. But, yeah, that probably was. Like, don't do that. Come on, Tom. Like, don't say that. I'm not saying that you're one of my favorite guys, but, like, that, don't do that. If I'm a fan of, the, of another team, like, come on, man. Like, Tom, don't do that. We don't like it when the officials come out on Monday and say, Hey, remember on Saturday when we hosed you out of a winning touchdown? Yeah, that's our job. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, guys, before we get it, before we get started, you, we want to get we want to get this out early, okay? But you know what I'm talking about. But look, Tom Brady, why do you come I, out and I, say well, that? Like, listen, I will say this, right? Like, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Tom Brady. I'm a fan of Tom Brady because of how great of a player he is. But this new Tom Brady, this like playful TikTok. Like turn, I like. Then there's the thing, right? When when the guy asks and he looks back, like, uh, he like, and like look back. I said, I know he's not about to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tuck rule game. Yeah, not but fumble. I'm sorry. Yeah, the tuck rule. Like, I don't know. Maybe, why I said maybe, it. He said maybe it was a, maybe it was a fumble. And then he comes out and said, I said maybe. Let me tell you something, man. They got thirty for thirties for this thing. They got NFL fields for this thing. They got something where Charles Woodson is sitting there talking. If I listen, listen, Charles Woodson. Who caused the fumble? Went to Michigan, like Tom Brady. Yeah. So it's like he had the root for him, but you root again. No, this, I'm saying if I'm Charles Woodson, I'd be like, "Come on, man, Tuck rule. Don't don't even say it. Like, don't like that would be like this makes like, me not that, like that would Tom be like Brady." Like a Marlins pitcher saying, "Oh, I didn't try to hit a cool. You're a liar. 
Like, yes, you, yes, you. No, he'd be coming back. No, come back later and go, I did do it. I hit him on purpose. Yeah, I hit him. Yeah, yeah. Remember when I said I ain't mean to hit him? Yeah, I meant to do it. Like, who, no. is it? Well, who is it where it gets the Falcons? Julian Edelman had a big No, no, that hit the ground. No, yeah, 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 no, yeah. no, don't say that. I mean, right, I, it's I, over. I, 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 I That's just adding that. insult to injury. That's I all told, that is. Listen, I told the ref, come on, bro. It was on the ground. But I'll take it. No, no, I, I mean, you know, you know, for me, you know, Kevin, it makes it makes it makes me it makes me love to hate Tom Brady even more. Because the thing is, right? Tom Brady has achieved super superstars mean you've done these two things. You have lovers of you and you have I'm to die. Oh, he did not make any new friends at all. No. And, uh, because because the whole thing about it is, Kevin, like you said, he didn't have to say it. You don't have to get in this. Tom Brady was like, hey, 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 hey. hey. Think about the guy that asked the question and said, hey, bro, yeah. Tom Brady's answer this thing. What did he say? Hey, 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 hey. Uh, remember that thing that started the dynasty with us? Yeah. You know, everything. Everybody was going on about their and life then, just and fine. And, 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 and now you get a cover. Maybe it was a phone. Yeah, it was a phone. Maybe like, I said maybe. Around, I said maybe. Kevin, I will say this, right? That would be like, you know, I, I, when it comes to these things, right? Oh, oh, okay. it would be like if a certain quarterback said, okay, maybe maybe I really didn't know, you know, it was fourth down. Maybe I should have <laughs> said this game, dog. Like, you know, because, because Kevin, in a sense, right, there's a certain part of a player <laughs> There's a certain part of a player that you expect him just to like. He don't have to, but it, what you're really saying is, man, respect my pain, man. Respect my agony over here. Just leave it alone. Yeah. And, then, and I would say, yeah, the podium saying, listen, man, I know nobody don't care, but I shouldn't have said it was just a game. I guess he didn't. I guess he didn't. Uh, at least Tom didn't wait until he's like at the Hall of Fame speech to be like, hey, Kenton, appreciate it. Remember how this all got started back in the day, and there was this game called the Tuck <laughs> Maybe that was a fumble. I don't, yeah. Maybe it was a fumble. Like, oh, here it is. Tom, was it a fumble? Yeah, it was. Yeah, probably. So like I was saying, what? what? <laughs> Wait, what? Because at the end of the day, Kevin, right? Like, hey, oh, oh, here you go. That's like our Franco Harris said, okay, so it hit the ground. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. the greatest reception. What? <laughs> it really hit the ground. No, what? It, yeah. I mean, did it hit the ground, Frank? All right, man, listen, listen. This might be my last time speaking. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, it, it, hit, the ground. Ground. it hit the ground. What? <laughs> it hit the ground. That's the only time the camera went away from the freaking thing. It hit the ground. I'm with you. I, 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 I don't like Tom Brady more <laughs> because of this. Don't do I mean, don't. Yeah. Look, if I'm, if I'm on the other side, I'm already steamed. That is like a questionable call. And, and you, you know, you're never going to live that down. But then the guy who's like, uh, on the other side was like, yeah, it probably was. No. Oh, that, that, like, yeah. just, again, I, it, nothing makes it worse yep. than Monday morning. The, and we, we see this I almost weekly. They do that. Well, we see this almost weekly. So the coaches aren't allowed to say anything. But all these leagues and officiating crews out on the, on Monday, they're like, yeah, remember that call that cost so-and-so the game? Yeah, we botched that. Our bad. <laughs> so it's like, don't tell me that because you're not going to go back and, and, and overturn it. Do you think, yeah. Do, you're not going to go back two, and two, fix th- it. 2002, Miami versus Ohio State. Yeah, the yeah. game's over. And after the game, I mean, this rough conversation. No, uh, not after the game. Ten years after the fact, it's like, remember when Ohio State, when I, when I threw pass interference? It was Yeah, well, it really wasn't. Was. I don't know what I was saying. Well, it really wasn't. No, no, no. Don't and, say and, that. And, and, and for people to say, well, what's the significance of that? Miami, since that game, has not been the same. And I'm not saying it's because of that game, but certain things, you just, like, here you go, you just leave it alone. That's like that's like Michael Jordan said, yeah, game six, Russell, yeah, I pushed off. What? On the crossover? Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. pushed him. I put him in the other bed. Yeah, yeah, I pushed him. <laughs> that's a foul. You know, it's almost like, because, Kevin, the thing is, Tom Brady's saying, look, man, for those of you who's kind of on the fence, do you hit Legman? I, I can't. No, you definitely I don't cannot, like him now. I cannot stand you. 
You know, if somebody says the Bra- Sid Breen, yeah, he was out. Of, he, he was yeah, out of I was probably yeah. If Sid Breen comes out, I was like, I was probably I out. Was probably like out. If, I'm a pirate, <laughs> if I if I'm a Pirates fan, I am ticked. Sid Breen, like, you, here you go. Sid, Sid, before you go, were you out? Come on, man, ain't nobody gonna know. I was out. Yeah, I was probably out. It's fine. What? I was out. Got that ring? No. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. I was out. <laughs> as, as again, Tom Brady not winning friends. Didn't have this. Did, because didn't have to do it. Didn't have to say it. No, it's like it's just a random like Thursday. There's no reason. Like, like huh. hey, by the way, Tuck rule. Yeah, I probably fumbled. Yeah, I, mean, I probably fumbled. And it's like, we, we've I mean, only been basing NFL games off of that for the last 15 years. It's fine. Yeah, it's probably fumble. We, we we didn't need to talk. We didn't need to talk rule. I mean, yeah, we didn't need to talk. We, we I mean, it's because it was ego. That's a, it's like Tom Brady and Roman. That's a clear fumble. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what you doing, man? I just watched this play. What you doing? What you want, Charles? I just watched it. What you Tuck mean? Rule. Here you go, Charles. Here. That's a hell of a play, Charles, and that is a fumble. <laughs> so keep oh, going. Oh no, you still lost yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah. But keep on. But keep watching the game. We, we we kept playing after this. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like There's that really? fight, that's fighting words. Yeah, yeah listen, to me, it's like hey, it, come it, on, it, Tom. it is fighting words, Kevin, because these things are so rare. Of course, yeah. At, at the core of who you are as a fan, you are Penny. I don't want this other team to win anything. And then he comes out and goes, "All right, so so it was a fumble and." <laughs> what? Tom Brady, I'm blinded by it. all the bling. You can't see. No, I, look. I, I, when he when when it came out and he said that, I'm like, I get that you just messing with people, but come on, you can't. I mean, you can't do that. Like, people are like have cried tears over that game, have had years of going. You know that was a fumble, Tom Brady, and then he comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, no, the, the re- next TikTok's gonna say, "Did we deflate footballs? You dang right, we did." Did you deflate them? I, mean, I, 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 mean, I, I might deflate them a little bit, yeah. Because, I mean, Kevin, when you think about it, what if everybody starts coming out doing that, I might have cheated a little bit. I mean, Bill Belichick, yeah, we filming practice. So I, I, again, I, I saw that. I was like, I cannot believe. I said, why, why would you I say it's a troll job of, of all time? It was probably a fumble. So the rest is history, though, right? It's crazy. Like what yeah. happened after that? We won like three in a row. Hey. But it's cool, right, Charles? Charles Wilson, yeah, man. I heard somebody else say because it's hard to remember way back to that uh, that time saying, "Look, if the Patriots lose that game, is Tom Brady even the starting quarterback the next season?" Nope. Is Drew Bledsoe coming yeah, back? Yeah, go back to Drew. And all, listen, listen, and all you listen, and, and all you fake down south New England fans, <laughs> what happened to them jerseys? Oh, they went to Tampa. Y'all, are, y'all, are, y'all know. I like I said, Tom Brady is the go. I don't want to hear. It. I mean, that point blank period. He is the GOAT, right? But at the end of the day, fumble. You know, <laughs> fumble. I mean, I mean, like you said, Kevin, certain things, you said, Sid Bream, like you said, well, you, I was out. Yeah, I was out. I was out by a mile. Like, like even was, if you were on that Patriots team, are you like, Tom, like, why? 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 Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? No, no. Somebody did an interview the next day saying, man, uh, Tuck Rule, you, you're like, yeah, yeah. Was it a fumble? No, it was a fumble. Well, Tom Brady just said it was. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tom Brady's like, it probably was. It probably was. It probably, he whispered. Your Super Bowl was. is fraudulent. It know. probably was. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, quit doing it. Retire already, for God's sakes. I mean, really, is what we're all saying. Like, let somebody go. Go home. Yeah. Let's, uh, you got millions? Tom Brady got the baddest kids in the world. He had them for two months. Oh, no. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> you got millions of dollars. You got more rings and fingers. You got a supermodel wife who makes more money than you do. Now, but Kevin, go Kevin, away but, on But now he's having fun. He's on TikTok and making videos. I mean, he on there rapping and stuff. Hey man, are you making? No, no, no. Tom Brady was Tom Brady was rapping. 
Yeah, he yeah. The first one I seen him do, he on that rapping like you know that they put the they, like TikTok. They got like the little song going. You doing it with your mouth, and then somebody goes, "You are oh, you doing it?" He goes, "No." And so you doing a TikTok now? He's like stood up, and, like looking at the camera, like stood up. Oh, I, so he's actually listen. Tom Brady won games when he was miserable in New England. Now he's having fun in the sun, no state tax. Saying was he miserable in New England? He wasn't well, not having fun. For he wasn't miserable because they was winning, but he he could, he wasn't doing no TikToks then. <laughs> You like, hey, go to work, go home. I don't, now. I don't, I don't need to see Tom Brady rapping. No, he wasn't rapping, rapping. He, like somebody else was rapping. I get it, but song. I still, yeah, don't. I mean, he listen. He might be getting ready to do the little. He's gonna drop an album, little dance. I mean, AB a- got an album, <laughs> and he will perform it. And what? No, don't nobody know the song but him. He he said, everybody go ho. They said nothing. Go ho ho ho. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm gonna show you the video. I'm gonna show you this. I'm like. Can he see they ain't saying nothing? Like, There's got to be no worse feeling at all <laughs> as a performer than to stand on stage and go, What's up, Chicago? And you're like, Cricket. And you're like, <laughs> Shut up. Okay, all right. <laughs> just, oh, my God. It's three and out. Southern Pigs get Radio Network. Oh, it's a great Friday here on Three and Out Braves in Milwaukee coming up. Hank Aaron weekend. In the ATL, wearing those throwbacks with, as Ben told us, the Georgia the, Power, the Georgia, <laughs> the Georgia Power on the sleeve. That's what I've been thinking it is the whole time. So, listen, no, what did you think it was for real? Like I thought, I, I thought it was like a Georgia Power symbol, like the little natural gas flame yeah, or, yeah, something yeah, or something. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Like the whole all this time, it's a, fe- it's a feather. Oh, okay. I mean, no, no. Now that you say that, okay, because my whole time. I mean, I get why you said because it's got the little blue, yeah, yeah, yeah. the I little blue well, I, 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 I got the, you. The red, you know. Now look. I guarantee you, I'm not the only person that thought that. Now it's going. You have to far, search far and wide. But I was like, oh, because I used to. Oh, they win them Georgia Powers today. People are like, what? I don't know. But I, I just, <laughs> I, I've done that my whole life, man. I, I've, I've misconstrued stuff like my whole life like that when it comes to stuff. Because I, I was thinking, no, no, no. It, it is the thing, Kevin. <laughs> no, just when you said it, I was like, you was what? Like, what? I said, yeah. But I said, you talking about the Georgia Powers? So you like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was like. I don't know if Georgia Power is sponsoring the uniform or not, but to be. I mean, hey, man, we got the night shift. We had the night shift last year in the playoffs, whatever. No, I. Yeah, look, at, no, at, I get at, it. At, but I will say, like, when it comes to stuff, like, when it comes to, like, the Braves or whatever, like, like tradition rich, I, I get. I, the Braves are the only team that I would go back and forth with people about because they'd be like, oh, it took y'all all the time. And I'd be like, dude, you're an Orioles fan. Or, like, I'd be like, and let me say this too. Like, you know, I, I, I got, it's a friend of mine. He's a Tampa Bay Fan. Tampa Bay Rays fan. Like the Rays, yeah. I said, dude, you don't get out of here with this. The St. Petersburg Rays. Yeah. yeah, I said, I said, <laughs> Atlanta, yeah, has a stadium in Atlanta. Right? Yeah. I go, where does Tampa Not really. Well, really, it's not anymore. Well, 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 it's, well, it's, it's in not, Cobb uh, County now, but I mean. But, okay, it's in the general. Listen, it's in, in the, the general, general facility. <laughs> it's all it's all the same. It's kind of like mean, all guess. the same interstate. All roads lead to Atlanta. It's we don't fine. have to, we, you know, we don't have to go, I don't know, to a total different state. To see us. They don't have to go to a different state. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you might as well. They got to go, go across the bay. Well, I, mean, oh, I asked BJ what you like the most about Tampa Bay Rays. He says, quote, I like orange juice. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> so all I'm saying is, for those for those teams out there who don't have no tradition, please be quiet. Because I'm telling y'all, if you're in the South and you root for the Yankees, you also root for Georgia Bulldogs football, and you also root for Duke basketball. <laughs> so you are all over the place. But I will say to my Bravos, hey, man, Let's Hank Hammer and Hank, at the end of the day, you know, 
Atlanta gets it done. They will have on the the feather slash Georgia power sleeves. Let's get right. Yeah, and again, you'll have, uh, I think, Jesse Chavez tonight, Max Freed, Charlie Morton, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, back in, two of your better pitchers in this series. Going to get a chance for Atlanta to try to string some momentum together, Ben. I'd love to see two out of three against a division leader uh, right now for at Atlanta and, and see if we can't see some build upon on what they did Wednesday afternoon in, in New York, right? Because I, I believe what, what we saw there is what people think this team could be, a team that you're cruising right along, you think you're in a good spot, and boom, five, six runs, and all of a sudden you're going, what just happened? And we haven't really seen that consistently from this Braves offense. Maybe we're starting to see some signs of them busting out of that, and now would be a great time for them to do that against the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Red Sox coming up next week, so still early in the season, Ben, but you want to start seeing a little bit more consistent play, I think. Again, as long as they're hanging around 500 is good, but kind of atypical of of the Atlanta Braves and kind of their mantra of like, hey, let's win series, let's win series. You've won one. Uh, so we're now working towards mid-May, so two months in the season uh, not too much, a month and a half into the season, and you've won one series. Split a few, but you've won one series. That's not typically what you expect from from the Atlanta Braves and kind of how they go about things, and they just have not been able to do it. Kevin, I, I would go this. When it comes to the pitching, it's about getting past those first two innings, right? I don't know what it is about these first two innings. It's like a, a lot of early, early inning jitters, if, if you want to call it that. And for this, for this lineup, I mean, if you want to get runs and bunches, that seem to be your moniker this year, that's fine. But – how much confidence does it give the early you because you know, I don't know what it is about the first or second anyway, whether it's the lineup or the pitching. If they can get both of those things to be in check, I don't mind having a three, four run lead going into the second inning. I just don't want the pitchers to give up for four four runs in the first second inning. It's gonna be about it's gonna be about working together, Kevin. But I do agree. Get a get a big win today. You know, trickle have you know, let that uh, let that trickle uh, trickle down because then it doesn't matter who you play, and you become a team that's playing no matter the Brewers, Red Sox, Dodgers, whatever, we seem to be a, a team that's finding our rhythm. Absolutely. And again, Braves and Brewers this weekend. We'll have it for you uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday afternoon. Again, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out yes. there. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Ben showed me the scarecrow picture during the break in your mom's garden. It is scary. It has, it has an invisible head. <laughs> It's not invisible. It's just not one there. Just is imagine it? me. Just imagine me and my mama sleeping there. I'm like, what is this? What it look like? Because uh. <laughs> it does look nice. It's got like pants. I, and can, a shirt. I guarantee you, my daddy got my daddy's probably in charge of putting the head on there. He like, he don't, I ain't doing it. That's why. I, that's why I know now. I asked about this weekend. I mean, it is scary. If I were to stumble upon, I mean, the, I mean, the garden, what, else a guy, her, what else supposed to eat her uh, plants or whatever, uh, uh, fruits and vegetables? They're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's it's the headless, the headless scarecrow. That sounds like a good, uh, a, a good horror movie coming up. Now, happy, happy Mother's Day, happy to all Mother's the moms Day, yes. uh, out there. Ben and I will see you on Monday. A lot to get to. Uh, certainly, as the Braves with a big series coming up this weekend. If you missed any portion of the show, ESPNCoastal.com. Go to our uh, YouTube page at. ESPN Coastal. Like, subscribe there. You can catch all the shows right there on our YouTube page. And we will see you Monday here 3 and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.